Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OKB's OK podcast, episode 45. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye. Joining me this week is a very special guest, Jared White from Controlled Interest. Now, did I say your last name right that time? Yes, perfect. Awesome. Sweet. Because I, I, I have to ask you every single time because, like, I, I think I always say Wikey. Um, but yeah, it's White, Jared White. And it's Jared with an A, which is also pretty interesting. I actually like, yes. I like that spelling. <laughs> Thank you. Super different. Now. I'm unique. Yeah, I mean we're both we both have very <laughs> unique unique names. Um, yeah. Tell me about yourself. So, like for people who don't know you, people should know you actually if they've listened to a lot of this podcast because I think you were probably our first guest on the OKB's podcast if I remember correctly. You were one of the first. I, I think oof. you were on like episode it was like three last or something. Year. Yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a while back. Yeah, yeah. You're a very early almost. guest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you've been on the early. show a couple of times now. Um, I think this might be your third. I should have like went back and counted these before, before I had you on because I think this might be your like third time on the show. Um, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's my third, second or third, third. I'm gonna go with third. I'm yeah, say let's say third. And I've been on your show, which actually you can go ahead and plug it right now. Like, what is controlled interest? Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. Uh, controlled <laughs> interest is just a place where we you know talk about video games and stuff. Um, I guess the way we different differentiate ourselves amongst a lot of the places you probably hear is. Um, the way our podcast is focused is we tackle news first and then we go into individual topics. Um, and those can range anywhere from dumb topics of like what game has the best uh, fast travel system or serious questions of like why walking simulators should be considered like a very important part of video games and culture. Um, hmm. So yeah, we kind of toe that line and it's kind of a middle ground stuff. We're still trying to find our, our exact niche, but yeah, just three guys. I think our tagline that I came up with is so many games, so many opinions, but I, it's just uh, three guys, one from New Mexico, one from Michigan, and one from Tennessee, just talking about video games, you know? Nice. And I was recently on Control and Interest because you guys did the whole E3 prediction thing where you had on guests and you guys kind of did an episode for each. Well, you did an episode for the three big conferences and another episode for like the third party conferences. Did I get that right? Yeah, like so one for uh, one for each of the big three, and then mm-hmm. one that matched all of the publisher conferences together, which you were the guest on, and you had yeah. your own predictions. Which awesome. are actually the current leader too, post yeah, Microsoft I conference. That. I got really excited. You're still the leader. I, what did I? What did I predict? The um, so you said the, there was going to be a burnout successor. Yes, and I gave you half a point because though it's not obviously a burnout game, it's a Need for Speed Payback. A lot of it, a lot of the in-game uh, mechanics and just um flashiness of it are very inspired by burnout there's the slow-mo and the cars crashing and stuff yeah. like that and immediately when i saw that i was like damn blessing i have a point <laughs> so um unfortunately none of us got uh, uh for the microsoft conference got anything correct Dang. um doesn't mean it wasn't a good conference so we just got nothing correct so you're still in the lead the guests nice. are in the lead by a half a point so yeah awesome yeah for sure like if you guys if you listen to this go ahead and check out uh at least check out my episode of controlled interests i mean since like Come on, come on! My EQ predictions exactly. are all on point. Um, but no, for for real though, uh, check out Controlled Interest because like you guys are doing pretty dope things over there. Um, you guys are very much like us, where you basically cover video games, have fun talking about, it and all that stuff. Um, this episode of OKB's podcast is a very special episode because uh, it is our part one of our E3 coverage. Uh, the Microsoft just had their E3 press conference 
yesterday uh ea had their press conference and we're going to cover both of those um and it's not going to stop here for the next couple days we're still going to have uh more episodes coming out uh covering uh the rest of the e3 press conferences that is bethesda that is devolver uh that's the pc conference that's ubisoft playstation uh and nintendo we're covering everything and so uh we'll have more episodes on the way this is just part one of our e3 coverage also on the site um actually i should just get into announcements and stuff um actually let me let me get to the, the into the description so the OKBs podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture centric show. Uh, this is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you like the show, subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBs.com and follow at OKBs now on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, this is, this is E3 week. So stay tuned uh, not only to the podcast, but to the website uh, this whole week. We have videos going up. We have articles going up. We have recaps going up. And so like, if you miss any of the conferences, uh, for each conference, we will have a recap detailing every single thing uh, that happened um, at the conference. And so stay tuned, for, stay tuned uh, to that. We have guest articles going up the whole week uh, from we have quite a few guest writers. Moises uh, uh, Taveras at Platano Ranger on Twitter. Uh, he had two articles go up yesterday. Uh, one was the recap. Another one was what he was expecting at the EA uh, E3 conference. And so uh, stay tuned to the site. Yesterday I also had my my um, reaction to A Way Out uh, go up via video. Um, that was a pretty one, pretty fun one to do. Uh, this morning Alex and Aiken had his Microsoft uh, conference hopes uh, go up. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's E3, so we're going to be cranking out stuff, and we're going to make sure that it's all good. Um, also, we have t-shirts that you can buy, so if you want an OK Beast t-shirt with the OK Beast logo on it, uh, make sure to go to okbeast.com slash store. Um, A Plus Anime, that is our new anime podcast. Um, I think we just put out episode th- either three or four. I can't remember which one. Um, I think it was on... Hunter Hunter. Hunter Hunter. Yes. I was going to say Steinscape, yep. but that was last week. I think this is episode four. So I think uh, we just, yeah, we just put out uh, an episode on Hunter Hunter. I used, I used to call it Hunter X Hunter until somebody um, corrected Same, me. Same, and then I got corrected like a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're a nerd when like you had to correct other nerds about their pronunciation of nerd things. Um, but yeah, actually. Hunter Hunter. Yeah. It's yeah. like, actually, <laughs> you don't pronounce it's Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Um, you know that please do it because it helps uh it helps with algorithms helps with all that good stuff uh and let's get into it let's let's start with ea since ea play uh was up first happened last yesterday i hope this podcast goes up today because uh if not then it might be confusing but um of course (laughs) we're recording this sunday right after the microsoft conference ea play happened yesterday uh jared before we get into like the nitty nitty gritty details what are your overall thoughts on the EA Play conference that happened. Okay, so overall, before we get into the specifics, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's a mixed bag. So I think for an EA conference, I think it was better than what people expected. I think they did a lot of stuff. They corrected a lot of the errors they're known for. They still did a couple of the things that they're known for, bringing out some people that maybe are known in the soccer community, the sports world, but don't really translate well to all gamers. Uh, this this year it was the Men in Blazers, which they're pretty funny, but it was still one of those awkward transition moments. Um, my biggest hiccup with, with the, uh, conference was the end of it. So I hated the way they ended the conference. Not that I don't like Star Wars or Star Wars Battlefront 2. I think the way they handled it was poorly designed. Um, so 
the way they did it is they shifted over to the gameplay and then they had people shoutcasting over the gameplay and it was a whole match. It was maybe like 12 to 15 minutes, I would assume. I'm probably wrong with that, but somewhere around there. And then they cut back to um, the stage and then he said bye and then it went to some weird Galaxy of Heroes thing. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been better if they, which they normally do and which almost everybody does is like, hey, thanks for watching. If you want to stay tuned, we'll be showing this gameplay because... I know a lot of people like Star Wars, but not everybody wants to sit there and watch a whole match of Star Wars waiting because they don't know if that's the end of the conference to come back and then find out if it's the end of the conference or not, only to come back to the stage and say, bye guys. It's a waste of time for people, I, I really think. But overall, I think it was a good showing for EA. So Yeah. Um, my thoughts, I mean, I... I... I, I, I totally agree with you with, about the end of the conference. I think they should have did that, that exact thing, especially because last year they did it with Battlefield 1, yep. um, where they ended the conference and was like, hey, if you want to stick around, we're going to have like a, we're gonna have extended Battlefield 1 gameplay with Zac Efron and Snoop Dogg for some reason. Uh, and I thought that worked out pretty well because like people people care about Battlefield and people care about Battlefront, but like not everybody does. Like I don't really care about watching first person shooter multiplayer gameplay i would say that most people probably don't care but that community might care um and even like i would say even more people don't care about watching that kind of gameplay in like a shout casting kind of like esports kind of way um that's like a very specific community that's into that kind of thing and so to like kind of frame it in a way where like everybody is kind of uh, tuning into it and everybody's kind of watching it people get bored and people kind of get fatigued on that and so like and i got bored and i got fatigued and like even i had people uh message me and say like oh man that was like that 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 was a sucky way to end the conference and i'm like actually the conference is still going like they still have they're still doing the battlefield or the battlefront gameplay um and so that that ending was kind of confusing especially because like they ended it and they did the exact same thing the exact thing that you said where like they cut back to the stage dude's like bye and they then they did like the the mobile game trailer and people were like did they really just end on a mobile game trailer and i'm like i don't even know what they really ended on because it seemed like they ended this thing before the battlefront gameplay but they forgot to or something like that um and so uh overall though i i i kind of didn't like it like i thought this yeah. was one of their weaker years um they'd have, they of course did the thing where they they did a lot of sports and it's ea so they're going to do sports um and i have no problem with that actually because like i play fifa every year like i'm a bit i'm a big fan of fifa um i love well i was gonna say i love 2k but that's not ea i nobody loves nba live as far as i know i don't know anybody that, lo- that loves nba live um i'm not it really hasn't been around person. for anybody to love like yeah. the game hasn't been around so yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty much and like madden i have no problem with madden because i used to love madden back in the day i understand the appeal of madden i understand the appeal of sports games and so i don't mind them showing off their sports games but i think they made the mistake of sprinkling everything out everywhere like if i were if i was directing the ea press conference i would put all the sports stuff in the beginning like the first 20 to 30 minutes let's just do sports and then get that out of the way and then just straight up just do non-sports stuff because like i think i mean the people who care about fifa are are way different from the people who care about nba live who are way different from the people they might the people who care about nba live might be similar to the people that care about madden but for the most part like these are individual communities that care about these individual things and so like i'd say like get it get it out of the way either in the beginning or in the end maybe for i mean if i if i had to choose i'd say like get it away in the end and just be like okay now we're just gonna do sports for the rest of it but people would tune out in masses and so like i don't know do it in the beginning and and 
get it over with because like for for them to sprinkle it out then it just becomes a thing of like okay now i don't care okay now i care about care again because they're doing star wars oh now i don't care oh now i care care again because i they're doing need for speed and that kind of flow kind of ruined it a bit for me um and then like i guess we'll get into the in, 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 into the actual announcements um or the the actual uh thing and so uh they start off with madden 18 which has a story mode which long shot long shot do you play madden or are you, are you like uh, yes madden? so madden madden is to me what fifa is to you i play madden every single year oh, i'm nice. a huge i'm a huge american football fan uh i love football to death um madden is this thing where people like sports games in general are this thing where people often say that there's no point to buy them every year there's only subtle changes and from a surface level that's true but if you're somebody who's actually into the sport and appreciate the gameplay and stuff like that there are subtle things that you know change from year to year that offer some value in buying it again obviously there's things that can be changed and you you are kind of getting uh you know taken advantage of slightly i think long shot's a huge a huge announcement i think it's awesome that they led with it they have the actor for moonlight which i can't remember his name um he's actually the father in the story mode uh which is huge uh, it's very heartfelt it's very serious i think that's really good um you know, later on in the show, uh, they announced uh, a sequel to the story that was originally introduced last year for FIFA with Alex Hunter. I think that's really um, something to look at because that means that uh, they're probably going to do a sequel for Madden, which is huge. Uh, one of the biggest problems with sports games in general is that they don't have single player modes or things that kind of get people more involved in the game. And 2K has kind of nailed this with their own My Player mode, where you kind of have this story. And recently, the last couple of years, they've introduced cutscenes and this through narrative. Spike Lee did one of them. Um, and I think Madden has a, a really good thing here of trying to do that because they no longer have the NCAA football games, which are huge for them. People don't understand how much those NCAA games sold. Like, those football games sold astronomically. But due to uh, the problems that uh, collegiate athletes were having with getting paid and stuff like that, they actually had to stop making NCAA. Mm. So people lost. Uh, one of the beautiful things about NCAA to Madden is that you can create a player in NCAA using the Road to Glory mode, play all four years of college, graduate, then actually get him drafted in Madden. And it was really cool because both of the games interacted with one another. And I think people lost that and they felt that they wanted to feel more in touch with the character they're creating because there's like a single player mode quote-unquote madden but it's nothing really um and i think this is a way to have people understand that madden cares about that and they recently announced that uh the story mode has multiple endings and you actually don't even play a single game in the nfl it's everything leading up to that so it's the combine it's his last college games and uh there's not a single loading screen in the actual uh single player mode either which is Hmm. huge um yeah, I think this is. I think this was a big announcement. I think people, a lot of people who cover E three, don't aren't super into sports or into Madden, so I don't think they understood how important this was. But there is a fair amount of people who watch uh, EA's conference and E three in general that are huge sports people, and I have like tens of twenties of friends that I know personally that play Madden that were super excited about this announcement. So I thought it was a, a way important, way more important of a, an announcement than people give it credit for. And I like that they started the show with it to like, here it is. And then they didn't even really talk about Madden at all. The rest of the conference in the major way that they normally do of like, here are the new physics and that kind of stuff. They only really touched on it with Scorpio, but they just got this out of the way. They're like, we don't need to show you anything else with Madden. Nothing else is super new. This is what you'll care about. So, yeah. I thought the story mode thing looked cool. Uh, they did a similar thing with FIFA last year, yep. which makes me think that like maybe it's like an EA like 
top down like hey start putting story modes in, into your games which i have yeah. no problem with because like i think story modes are, are super great um unless added suck, value but like I, it's still added, added value, value. Yeah. and even if like a story mode does suck then like what do you really lose in a sports game like it's exactly. almost the sports good so like i think that's i think that's really exciting um i'm excited to see how people received it i didn't really stick around for uh fifa 17 i thought about getting it like yesterday actually because it's on sale right now um but i still haven't gotten fifa 17 uh mainly because like i got fifa 16 um and barely played it because i was playing a lot of rocket league uh which i'm thinking actually actually about making a video about uh because rocket league kind of distracted me from fifa um quite a bit but yeah like i'm excited to see what people think of this um and if it's perceived uh similarly to the way it was received in fifa uh next up they announced battlefield one dlc featuring women uh specifically called uh in the name of the sar uh which actually looks pretty interesting i'm not a battlefield person are you actually a battlefield person jared uh no um mm-hmm. so i actually played through the vignettes for battlefield one like the story mode because i had access through ea access okay but the multiplayer for me nowadays like your multiplayer has to like super intrigue me and i'm not saying battlefield one's multiplayer isn't great but it's like too big of a scope for me like i appreciate it but it's like like it's too much for me you know mm-hmm. i like the way. more co- yeah, when it comes to shooters, especially multiplayer, like more confined spaces. Um, but I do think in the name of the Sar looks cool. Um, they showed uh, the Hussar Battalion, and they also showed the the um, the what are they called? The Women of Death or something? I can't remember their exact name. Something but really cool. Yeah, something of death. The Women's Battalion of Death or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it offers a lot of value to people who are in the Battlefield community. Uh, the deeper progression and the two night maps and the six new maps included in the expansion itself, I think, are huge. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of some, so this is like a 50, 50 thing of people who thought it was good and people who thought it wasn't good. Uh, this, the social section where they showed off people who stream their game and play their game. A lot, uh, some people seem to feel like it was a too, uh, cheesy. Um, but I thought it was smart because battlefield one is a year old at this point And the way that game is going to continue living is its community. So I think showcasing them was, was super smart. And I think EA is looking at Ubisoft and how Ubisoft's able to keep their communities, for most of their games, not really For Honor, but like Wildlands and Division, and especially Siege, uh, how they're able to keep those people there. And I think EA is like, well, no, we need to nurture these communities and show off uh, how they're doing with each other. So I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that looks it does look uh, pretty cool. I wish I was a Battlefield 1 fan because the game looks great. I've just never really been into like the war uh, shooters. Like I've been into like Call of Duty multiplayer before, uh, but single player I've never really been into for some reason. Like, it never captures me. But uh, this DLC actually looked pretty interesting. And I, th- I mean, I mean, not to get like super like social, socially like aware or like I don't know the word, but woke. Or, like, not to get woke or anything like that. But I think it, I think part of it is the fact that like the uh, it's called the 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 women's battalion of death. So you got it right. Uh, that thing, like, they look cool. I think just from, like, the perspective of, like, you get to play, like, a war first-person shooter, like, as a woman, uh, like, a woman group shooting, shooting stuff up, I thought, like, that looked unique enough to where I was like, I, I might want to give that a try. That looks really different. Yeah. looks really cool. Um, and so I'm excited to not, see that come out. Not just, like, a female skin either. Like, no, this is a unit of women. Mm-hmm. Like, a famous unit of women that are, like, badass. Like, not just, oh, the women's battalion. Like, the women's battalion of death. Yeah. And they show the image of the girl with, like, the shank or, the, like, the small, like, um, like metal weapon. And then at the end of it, when they actually show Battlefield 1 with the name, uh, in the name of the Tsar, it's a female standing behind it. They changed the, the promotional image to a female. I'm pretty sure it was a female. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think that's cool. Yeah, I think it, the inclusion's nice. Some people are going to say, oh, EA is just playing it up to people, the social move and all that stuff. I was like, either way, who cares? I thought it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. As know? long as it looks dope, then I'm down with it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Next up uh, is FIFA. They showed off FIFA. FIFA has more story. Uh, the Journey, Hunter Returns, uh, I think is like the, the, the name of like the story stuff. And so that looks cool. We don't really need to touch on it. It's FIFA. It's, I mean, it's sports. Um, if you love FIFA, you'll love this one. Uh, let's talk about Need for Speed Payback, which looks pretty cool. It looks like Fast and Furious, which is every, which is what everybody is saying. Uh, but I think it looks pretty cool from the sense that like Need for Speed is usually you, Need for Speed is usually two things: racing and like uh, driving away from the cops. And for this to be more mission focused, seemingly, I think is an interesting thing. Um, what are your thoughts on Need for Speed Payback? So, I'm not a huge Fast and Furious guy. I have friends that absolutely love it. Um, I didn't see the last one that came, like the brand new one that came out with The Rock moving the torpedo, but that's, I saw the one before that with the, the you know, the Wiz Khalifa song at the end of it. Um, and I've seen like the first two or three Fast and Furious. I'm familiar with it. And I do think it does have a lot of vibes. I think the problem Need for Speed had was it was in this middle ground of not doing anything fully. So it's not, it's not the, the super advanced racing sim, like the Forza Motorsports are right. Or the GT sports. It's not, it, sometimes it's, it's arcadey like Forza Horizon or games like that, but it's, it's like fake serious, like need for speed. Always try to be fake serious. They never tried to be over. Uh, it was like over the top to some extent. Mm-hmm. And I think them kind of pushing into the crazy, the crazy over the top kind of cheesy kind of like homey fast and furious motif i think is great for them i think that creates a niche for them in the racing game community for people to want to buy that game and show that it sticks out um i do think there's a lot of we talked about this before recording there's a lot of influence from i think the burnout series uh people have compared it to split second which is a game i actually loved i'm not even a racing game guy for that much but uh yeah i I think need for speed payback set itself apart for this fall that, you know, we already know we're getting Forza uh, Motorsport 7. Um, we're not sure if GTA uh, GT Sport is coming out this fall. We assume it is. Hopefully it doesn't get delayed again. So with the third racing game coming out this fall, we're like, well, why would anybody buy Need for Speed? And I think mm-hmm. Need for Speed Payback showed why it. there's a reason you should buy it amongst all the other racing games. I yeah. think it was huge. That's a good point because, like, I, don't, I can't think of any other game right now that's, like, doing the uh, – over the top like crazy speed action racing kind of thing that Need for Speed is doing with Payback. Like you if you want your if you want like simulators um or like a driving simulator like um a racing sim. I don't know the the official term. If you want the official <laughs> yeah. term for that, uh you get like Forza Motorsport 7 which was just announced or you get like Gran Turismo. And if you want like an arcade experience then like I mean you have Mario Kart but like that's not really like the same thing. That's like a totally different kind of racing. Well, even Forza Horizon to some extent, like the Forza yeah. Horizon, ga- Horizon games are more arcade than they are uh, racing sim. So yeah, and Forza, Ri- Forza Horizon is awesome. But I think even like Forza Horizon is way more uh, toned da- toned down than uh, Need for Speed Payback. Oh like, yeah, Need for Speed Payback is like way over the top um, comparatively, and so like I think that's like a good space to fill. Um, and I'm good. I'm really interested to see how people take that one because. The last few Need for Speed games, like I, I, I'm sure they sell. I'm sure they sell pretty well, but I don't really hear people ever like talking about Need for Speed in that fond of a way. Like people talk about the older ones uh, in a very fond way, like Underground, Underground Two, um, the old like 
Hot Pursuit, I think, uh, was one of the older ones. They they remade, like, all of them, so I can't keep them straight in my head. But, like, uh, people don't really talk about, like, the newer Need for Speeds all that much. Um, I think the latest one to come out was just called Need for Speed. That came out a couple years ago. And I think that had, yeah. like, a bunch of, like, uh, the FMV in it, if I'm correct. Yeah, um, super cheesy. Like, super, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember that one being talked about all that much. And then before that was Rivals, which I think was a launch title or a launch window title. Um, and so, like, for them to take a break and and kind of reconvene and bring us back, like, Need for Speed Payback, I think, uh, hopefully, at least, hopefully they put in enough time and effort and uh, they've kind of, like, laid low enough where to where they can come back and kind of deliver. Um, and so I'm, ex- I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Next up, we have... My favorite announcement from the EA conference, uh, conference, conference, a way out, uh, being developed by the same guys who did Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Um, so, a way out is Prison Break the game, pretty much. Uh, it seems like it, well, it's a co-op experience. Um, there, it's a two-player co-op experience, couch co-op or online, uh, which is an interesting uh, thing that they noted during the conference. Uh, you can play. You, you play as one of two dudes who are both in jail and are both trying to escape. Uh, and from seeing the gameplay, I'm really excited about it because it strikes me as like a mixture between Prison Break and Heavy Rain almost. But I'm, I'm not I'm, I don't want to put Heavy Rain out there because like I don't know if it is going to be like the super like slow, like you're playing a movie kind of thing. Uh, but also kind of reminds me a little bit of Hitman um, in the sense that like the art style kind of reminds me of hits hitman like the latest hitman game to come out and then also like there's a bunch of stealth elements obviously since you're breaking out of a prison uh jared what what is your take on a way out so this game was one of my favorites of the conference as well when you hear them say that they have a game coming out from the the creator of a brother uh, brothers a tale of two sons which is actually one of my favorite games like the control scheme in that game is phenomenal that game is one of the most underrated i think indie games that have come out in the last like five to seven years mm-hmm. i think a lot of people forget about that game they talk about you know the limbos and the journeys and stuff like that but like i think brothers is up there and when they announced that they're working with them for his next game the last thing you would think of is a game that looks like a way out and you know so backtracking a little bit a little side story one of my favorite games and one of my guilty pleasure games is Army of Two. I absolutely love Army of Two um, for the simple fact that it was a co-op experience, right? You can play that game specifically by yourself, but Army of Two was meant to be played with somebody else. And I think, you know, you say it's Prison Break, and I do think it's Prison Break or Shawshank Redemption meets Army of Two. Uh, because Army of Two is a game that was focused on playing co-op with somebody. And like they stated, you can find somebody online, but the vision for the game is to play couch co-op with someone um, I think one thing that people aren't talking about is the quality of this game. For it being an EA Originals game, the budget on this game looks insane. Like, mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. Uh, the cutscenes are great. The gameplay mechanics. Um, it's surprising to see EA give somebody free reign. Just give them a uh, blank check, essentially. Um, I, I think this is going to be uh, one of the surprise uh, hits next year. And it comes out early 2018, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... The release date for this game will say everything. People are excited about this game, but if this game ends up coming out next to one of the other heavy hitters that are already slated for early 2018, it could just die to you know people not being able to afford all the games that come out. So I really hope that they choose a great release date for this, and I can't wait to play it. Like Phenomenal. It was uh, the biggest surprise for me out of the whole conference. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing about this game for me is the fact that 
it's it seems like a like it's aiming for a very deep storytelling experience like yep. it's a very it, it seems like a narrative driven game like something like life is strange or heavy rain or like in the same vein as one of those games but it's co-op which you which you never ever see like you never ever see a game like that that's co-op and is aimed at being like a co-op experience and like uh it's i mean it's tailored to co-op so much so that like this in in terms of split screen like the way that the the, the screen splits looks unique given the situation like yep. it's not just like a straight up like true 50 50 yeah, yeah, like every it, it changes depending on the situation, and you're able to kind of like you're you and your player, you and your uh, you and your um co-op partner are like in different scenarios. Like one of you guys might be like standing in line getting frisked down, while the other is like sneaking by or something like that. Like the it seems like the way that they're going about making this game uh is it aimed toward aimed towards making this game different. Um, and also like something that's interesting that they mentioned is the fact that like the game mechanics keep changing throughout the game. Like the game doesn't be like like it's not going to be straight up one thing or like it's not it's not gonna have its one mechanic like it's not gonna be a straight up shooter it's not gonna be like it's just a straight up stealth game it seems like it's going to be like changing the way you play as you play the game which i think sounds very interesting i want to know what uh the developer developer means when he says that um i wish he like elaborated more or gave some examples but the the idea itself um as an overall idea i think sounds pretty cool and i also like the guy the, the lead on this game his name is joseph uh, i don't know i don't know how to say his last name i think it's either ferris or fairs um I, I i love his enthusiasm because like uh i think one of the things he said during the conference was the fact that like oh man it sounds i mean it sounds like i'm like really cocky right now but like that's just how excited i am about the game and i'm like dude that's actually really awesome that like you have that much um confidence and you're that excited about this project you're working on um and his tweets are awesome like he made a tweet uh, about like his drawings like his sketches concept <laughs> art <laughs> yeah and like his, his sketches are like super like like it looked like a grade schooler like made the sketches but then like it's like the sketches converted to the game it's just like these like crap sketches but then like the game looks incredible um i this this stuff this the stuff he's doing is pretty awesome um and I, i'm really excited even just from a developer standpoint i'm excited to see what that dude does because he seems like a cool dude um, also, he put his brother in, in the game. His brother's playing one of the main characters, which I think is hilarious. Yep. And his brother's name is Ferris Ferris, which is hilarious. Like he has a fir- his first name and his last name are the same. That whole situation yeah, cartoon is hilarious. Cartoon character, to me. yeah, S- straight up cartoon character. Uh, and so that's a way out. I'm really hyped for that. It's my favorite thing so far from E3. Uh, also announced uh, was Bioware's new IP, which we'll probably get into later since there was more kind of shown off at the Microsoft conference, but um, it's called Anthem. They did like a, a quick teaser at the EA Play conference, um, and we'll get we'll get into it later because I'm, I'm sure we both have, have some actual thoughts on that, um, yeah. but we'll come back to it. Uh, they revealed NBA Live. Uh, they also revealed a fr- uh, people are getting a free week of EA Access, which is really exciting. Um, along with that, the they... I, I think they announced that they're donating money to like um, anti-bullying efforts, which is uh, play cool. to give. There was a couple of charities actually mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I think I have them right here. Uh, I think he for she was one of them. Um, Pacers National Bullying Prevention Center uh, ditched the label. Uh, I, I guess that's just a few of them. But uh, basically, they're they're donating um, a bunch of money to uh, help build a more inclusive environment, which I think is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome, especially being. EA, which is a company that makes video games, but not just video games, like the more like broy kind of like video games that kind of uh, kind of bring together 
some mass appeal cultures like a yeah. mass appeal but also like that massive that mass appeal kind of invites like a lot of like toxicity because of like the i don't even know why but like be, i guess because you have like more younger gamers that might come in uh come into these communities more immature or, like I don't know. Just in general, like the pe- the kind of people that you like encounter while playing Battlefield, like you usually think of like the thirteen year old talking about like how they had sex with their mo- mother or something like that, or like um, I don't know stuff, stuff like that. Fifteen year old white kid calling you the n word, stuff like that. And so like they're putting it, they're they they they've donated a bunch of money towards um uh creating a more inclusive environment, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, also they showed off Star Wars Battlefront two. Which I think was probably like the thing that everybody was looking well, forward we, to. We I know we talked about NBA Live earlier, but I wanted to actually mm-hmm. touch on something because we we it was right after the anthem announcement. Mm-hmm. NBA Live. So I think they. I'll start off with they did something brilliant, making the free demo available in August. Because I hate to put it this way, and I hate to be this harsh, but like no one's going to be buying NBA Live, right? And like I think them having a free demo lets people be like, hey, you can try our game and see if you want to play it. The problem, the problem they have is they did not show a single thing as to why this game is better than 2K. I love 2K. Like, I, I play 2K almost every year. It's on a year-to-year basis like Madden, but, like, I'm very familiar with the 2K franchise. And not a single thing in this demo showed off why this game is better than 2K, why you should buy this over 2K. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this game might not even retail for 60 bucks, dude. Honestly, I think this game's going to come out, like, at a $40 price point. I think that'd be a good move for them yeah because like i think the reason why they can't display why why this game is a better uh buying decision than 2k is because like i don't think it is in any like sense like yeah the last few years have kind of proved that nba or i don't even know if i can say the last few years because i don't know when i don't know if there was an nba live 17 but like the last no few NBA it lives, was until 2015 i think was the last one jeez there, uh, there was one in development for 2016 and they canned it they showed it off at e3 and then they canned it yeah Huh. I could be getting the years off, but it's at least been three years since, or yeah, two or three years since we've had NBA Live. Yeah, like Maybe the last few, the last few NBA Lives have kind of proven that like there's NBA 2K is so good. I I'm not even gonna blame NBA Live, even though like I'm pretty, I haven't played NBA Live, so I can't really speak to the quality of NBA Live. I've heard it's pretty bad, but but just Ooh, given the quality <laughs> of 2K, like NBA 2K is phenomenal. Like every time I pick up NBA 2K, I'm like impressed by how good that game looks how smooth it is like the whole the overall production value around it like 2k is the definitive basketball game and for you to put out a basketball game um trying to compete with that like it's just not going to work if it's the same price like people aren't going to buy nba live if it's the same price as 2k um and so i think the best move would be like you said put out put out a demo in august make it 40 dollars or something like that and then like give people a reason to be like oh cool yeah i can i just want to play basketball oh i have two choices oh nba live's cheaper i'll get nba live like get make that people's uh, incentive to buy the game because like putting it up against 2k like i'm sorry like it's not it's not gonna work like that's not pro evolution soccer versus fifa like it's it's 2k um they need to make sacrifices in order for people to even have nba live in their headspace when they're purchasing their basketball game this year yeah like it's they have to do something because it's an uphill climb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much. steep one. I also I skirted over the EA access free week thing, but that's also pretty cool. Uh, I like downloaded the hub yesterday. Um, it kind of just looked at the choices, and I I've never played Mass Effect, and I like they have all three of the, the all, all of the first three Mass Effects on there, and I just, yep. I gave it a thought of like man, maybe I should try out Mass Effect. Like I might be able to beat one of these 
in one week. Like if I if I try it hard enough. Can I give um, you some advice? It's my favorite franchise. If mm-hmm. you're only planning on playing one of them, just play two. Just play two. Yeah, interesting. I, I was thinking I, about getting I, one, but I like one a lot. Two is my favorite game of all time. Period. Mm-hmm. Cut chase. Three. I have opinions on, and not even due to the ending. I actually don't even mind the ending of three. My problems are with the rest of the game, uh, which we can get into in a separate conversation. Um, but yeah, if you're going to plan on playing, if you only have time to play one of them, play two, man. Two. You don't need to play one in order to play two. Just play two and have a great time. Yeah, Fantastic. that's the one. Where, that's the one everybody says is the best one. Yeah. And so, I'm, I mean, I might try that out. I don't know how far I can get into within a week, especially a week like this where everything's busy. <laughs> but yeah. I might, I might jump in. I might be able to get in like maybe like five to ten hours of just it dip your toes try hard enough um yeah. so yeah i'll dip my toes into it and see and see what's up um but let's talk battlefront 2 so the first battlefront came out a couple years ago i personally yep. i personally wasn't that into it um and i'm a person i mean there are a few reasons for that probably first reason being like i'm like the big i'm like the biggest fan of the ps2 battlefront games like i play the mess out of those games like i still play battlefront 2 to this to this day i have a group of friends whose house i go over to um every now and then and he has an xbox and we play uh battlefront 2 on the original xbox um we play the the uh, not conquest galactic conquest um and that game to me is like the definitive like star wars shooter experience and so uh when battle when the the latest Battlefront came out um, on PS4 a couple years ago. Like, I felt like it. I mean, it had content there, but it didn't have as much content as I would have liked. And then a lot of it felt kind of empty. I didn't feel as involved. Of course, like it's kind of like Battlefield in the sense that there's so much going on that you feel like you have little input into the match. Like that's why when it comes to multiplayer games, I like games like Overwatch or I like games like. Um, I like Matt Last of Us multiplayer because like I feel like I matter while, when I'm playing. When I'm playing Battlefront, I kind of feel like I don't matter as much uh, because there's there's so many players and so much going on. Um, but Battlefront 2 was uh, shown off. They did extended gameplay, um, and it looks really good. I don't know if it's going to pull me in um, the way – I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to pull me pull me in the way the, fir- the first one didn't. And so, like – uh, what are your thoughts on um, what they show for Battlefront Two? Uh, so really quick, I want to talk. I want to touch on the first Battlefront because you mm. you said your kind of your experiences with them. I so I'm very there's two genres that I'm very particular with, uh, and that's platformers and uh, shooters. Meaning that I'm I'm kind of I guess you'd say I'm kind of harsh in what I choose to play and what I choose to not play. Mm-hmm. And the fr- first Battlefront was way too casual for my liking in terms of uh, competitive nature. Uh, I don't think the the progression in the multiplayer was deep enough. I don't think there was a lot of options. The heroes and villains that you got to play as when you were able to um, reach the threshold to do so, they looked cool. They didn't necessarily play that well, to be quite honest with you. I actually played about five to eight hours of the first Battlefront um, through EA Access. It just didn't hook me. I, I like Star Wars quite a bit, and it just... It didn't do anything for me. That the that free time I got to play with it didn't even intrigue me to even buy the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I think for somebody who's a super diehard Star Wars fan, I think it was great. But I'm not that. I enjoy Star Wars a lot, but it's not my like diehard. I'm gonna buy everything Star Wars. Um, with Battlefront Two, I think they're correcting a lot of the mistakes in that. They talked about deeper progression. They talked about more content. Um, all of the post-launch DLC is going to be free, meaning that there's probably going to be loot-based multiplayer m- macro transactions, which I'm not I'm not uh, mad at. 
I think that's a better approach. If I'm going to buy a game, I love having all the DLC for free, and then I can pay to upgrade my multiplayer experience as long as it's not pay to win, right? The Overwatch approach. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's great that it's launching at the time it is. I'm not going to buy it just because it looks like more of the same. The only reason I would buy it is if the campaign was phenomenal. And my problem with the conference is that they had the actress playing the lead character come out and she did great. Like she yeah, killed it. She killed it. Yeah. Yeah. My problem was they had her go up there, the star of the single player, to talk about the multiplayer. And then we really didn't even see anything about the single player. Mm-hmm. You sit here and tout that this game has single player. We fixed all of our mistakes. And then you end the conference with 30 minutes of multiplayer. The way they should have done it is they should have had her show off more of the single player. Said thank you. Somebody comes out on stage. Thank you for watching our show. If you want to stick around, we'll show you the multiplayer Battlefront 2. I think ending your show mandatory like mandatory with that long match was the wrong way to do it. You sit here saying you're going to prove why Battlefront 2 is different with the single player campaign. But yet you didn't even really show it off. Like... I don't know. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way there. I just, uh, for those super interested, that's cool. But I just think the way they handled it was, they did so well with the John Boyega tweet and then him talking, but then to have her come out on stage and then not really show single player. I think, I I don't know. I just didn't really like it that much. I thought even like the way they worded it, like the way they had her word it, uh, uh, was super cheesy of like, Oh yeah, the first Battlefront came out and it didn't have single player. And I was with you guys. I wanted multi or I wanted single player. And I was like, I was listening. I was like, that's you're the one. You're part. You're you're representing EA. You're not supposed to be telling me that. Like, oh yeah, you're with us. Like, just it's like tell, I'm the tell edgy us one. Us yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, that was super and cheesy. I thought like having John Boyega up there um, was sli- slightly less cheesy. And I also thought it was pretty cool because like he is like, I mean, he's Star Wars right now. And he was one of the people that tweeted out like, "Hey, like, can we get can we get a single player mode in this?" Um, but they made such a big deal over it uh, that I was, I mean, I wasn't put off, but I was just like, uh, "We really need to." I was kind of, it was kind of cringy to me. But yeah, I do agree with you in the sense that like they didn't show off anything as far as single player. Like they talked about it, they touted it, and then they're like, "Okay, now here's some multiplayer." And I and I was sitting there like, "Well, I." don't care about multiplayer really like exactly yeah yeah like i will i I would prefer to like know what the what the single player experience is going to look like because if i'm going to get this game i'm going to get it probably for the single player um since that's the thing that one you want to tout and that's that's one of the things that um let me to not get the first one and so um yeah that i mean overall i the as far as the whole conference i wasn't feeling it because the pacing i didn't feel like there were I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. They didn't announce Skate Four, and so like without Skate Four, <laughs> any EA conference is gonna, is gonna fall flat to me. Um, but also, what what was there? Like nothing there really stuck out to me and really like knocked me out. Besides like uh, besides a way out. Like a way out is the one thing where I was like, oh, that looks like I, that's something I need to have. Besides that, like Need for Speed, I don't really care about Need for Speed. I know there's people that do care about Need for Speed, and I think that's exciting for those people. Uh, Battlefront Two. A lot of people are are excited for Battlefront Two. I'm not one of them. Um, and then a bunch of sports and then like you, we, we get nothing on um the where's visual. dead space where's dead space where's oh, yeah, dragon where's, age <laughs> i mean yeah dra- i mean dragon age oh dragon age is not coming out for forever and i think then that's well it's uh, actually it's actually a different team working on dragon age edmonton isn't working at the anthem team isn't working on dragon age interesting they actually talked about it's a separate team people are actually speculating that we we're going to see dragon age this year because so if you remember the original release date for all the bioware games mass effect and Dramata was supposed to come out last year mm-hmm Anthem was supposed to come out this year, 
So mm-hmm. what people are spe- the Dragon Age team is also in development. We're, we got Mass Effect Andromeda this year. We're not getting Anthem till next year, which means that 2019 is probably the year we're getting Dragon Age. Yeah. It's just that people were wondering when that, that how that order would be. So Yeah. And I, I assume, and I mean, I think I have a similar thought with this with the Star Wars stuff, where it is that like we'll see Dragon Age yep. next year. Um, also, we'll see. Was, is it Visceral that's developing? Like Visceral and Respawn both have a game in development. Uh, Visceral's is Amy Hennig's game, yeah. and then the Respawn one barely got started working on because Timefall Two came out last year. So that one's way earlier. Yeah, so Visceral, I assume we'll see their game next year, since like uh, I assume they're wanting to like stagger them as much as yep. possible. Um, and like, if you're not familiar with Amy Hennig, uh, she wrote on Uncharted. I forget which Uncharted games she wrote for. Um, or was it? I think last it was two list? and three. Was I think it, two, it was two and three. Uncharted. Two I believe and three. it was two and three. Yeah. Yeah. She and didn't so, like, write Last of Us. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. So she's very experienced in writing uh, in, for video games, and so like people are super high for that because like her her game seems like it's gonna be a more story focused Star Wars game, which is really exciting, and so um, we'll see that hopefully revealed next year i was i was kind of expecting this this year along with like i'm sure a lot of people were since they showed it off a little bit last year but i mean i i i understand i i like i understand the fact that like they want to focus on star wars battlefront this year also i could be wrong i she might have wrote last of us just in Mm -hmm. my brain though i remember her writing two and three of uh, of uncharted Mm -hmm. the last of us i'm kind of iffy on so she might have i'm wrong if i'm wrong i'm wrong (laughs) yeah i mean that's fine uh nobody's gonna (laughs) fact check us and so it's okay uh Let's get in, or do you have any last thoughts on EA no, before we get into? No, okay. I want to get into Xbox. Yeah, let's get into Xbox <laughs> since like we probably should got into Xbox a while ago. I didn't even want to spend this long on EA, but uh, we had some things to talk about. So Microsoft just had the conference, and man, oh man! All right, do we have? Do you have any preliminary thoughts? Uh, so I, I think the day leading up to the conference sucked because I think there was. I'm talking from a perspective of before we saw the conference. I think there was a lot more leaked than Xbox wanted to be leaked or what we thought Xbox wanted to be leaked. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that ended up being the case, which is great for them. I think there was only one major leak, really, that I can think about looking at this. Um, I was excited. Uh, I was hoping they would deliver. I have faith in Phil Spencer. I think he's done a great job turning around Xbox after the failure that was 2013 to 2015. Um but yeah, I think they just overall, I think they did a phenomenal job. I think they hit on everything they needed to hit on. You know, they came up from the get go and said 42 games, 22 exclusives. And mm. when you hear 42 games, you're like, Jesus Christ. As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, snap. I need a sneak. I need a yeah. seatbelt or something because I'm <laughs> exactly. I, you know, this is about to be a ride. So like um, Xbox One X, they started off with that. Uh, yep. How do you how do you feel about their initial reveal of it? Oh, I thought it was great. Like I mm-hmm. loved, I love hype videos. I'm, I'm a, I'm a man of a great hype video. Um, that's why I loved yours and Alex's like battle. You know, I love mm-hmm. when somebody produces a really well thought out hype video, and I think Xbox handled that really well with Xbox One X. I think the way they went about it, they made it very classy and very sleek and very elegant. It was less broy than I think a lot of times their messaging has a tendency to be, and I think that has a lot to do with Phil. Um, I think it was super classy. Uh, Xbox One X, I think, is a phenomenal name. Uh, people made the joke for the longest time that the Nintendo NX was going to give it to you. Now we actually have the X. Yeah. So that would be great if they partnered with DMX to make uh, stuff for marketing. Um, 
Uh, are, you want me to touch on the actual like look of the console? Or are we just talking about oh, the yeah. name? No, we can talk about we can talk about the look and stuff. So, but also like she, regarding the name, I'm so glad they went with Xbox One X because I think yep. I think I made that prediction on the predictions podcast. I cannot remember if I did. If I didn't, then I screwed up because I for sure like was dead set on them calling it Xbox One X. Um, I hope that people start calling it the X as just like a, a euphemism for it. Uh, yeah, I think that would be great. Just because like why not? Um. But yeah, like the the look of it. So like, I kind of got spoiled on the look of it because it leaked like three minutes. minutes. The, yeah, yeah, like two minutes or three before minutes the, yeah. before the conference. I was like, oh well, there it is. Um, and I I, I kind of wish I just didn't like didn't look because I was watching it. I was watching a stream and they were talking about it on street on stream and they were saying like, oh yeah, it's leaked. It's on this person's Twitter and I was like, okay, let me go to Wario sixty four or whoever. <laughs> and I looked at Wario sixty four Twitter and there it was and I was like, yep, that looks pretty good. And like I wish I, I wish my first time seeing it would have been at the conference because I would have been like oh this is awesome, um, but yeah it's it was really kind of like that it was kind of like the feeling like when you're hungry and you're like well I can get fast food or I can make me something healthy for myself and you go and yeah. buy fast food and then you eat and you're like why did I do that I feel yeah. so bad or it's about like my decision. when you're like about to eat lunch soon but you're so hungry that like and you have a bag of chips by you and so like you're like I'll just have some yeah. chips and then eat lunch <laughs> after that and then like you eat the chips and it kind of ruins your lunch like that's kind of how I felt. Let me uh, regret. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy about the way it looks. Like, well, I'm, I'm mad because like it's way smaller than the original Xbox One, and the I have smallest an Xbox original, ever. Yeah, the smallest, yeah. X, the smallest Xbox ever, which is crazy to me because it's also the most powerful. Which I don't know how yep. that works. Like that, that's not how things. That's not how logic works. <laughs> but also, exactly. I have an Xbox One, like an original Xbox One, sitting on my freaking shelf. And like I look at it and I'm just like, why are you here? Like, why do I have you? Like, why are you this big? Why are you taking up yeah. so much space? Like, why are you this monster when you when you have like your younger cousin over here that's doing bigger and better things than you? Like, get out of my house is how I feel about it right now. Uh, I think. I, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I don't want to. Oh control. no, you go ahead. Um, the biggest thing is that I think them sticking. It's funny. So PlayStation stuck to the design of the PlayStation 4 Slim with the Pro and made it super ugly. Like, yeah. I think the PlayStation 4 Pro, just on the looks basis, looks super ugly. Xbox was like, yeah, we'll do the same thing. We'll stick with our S, but instead of making it a double-stacked cake, a two-tiered cake, we're just going to make it the same size or actually smaller than the Xbox One S. I love the matte black, the super sleekness. Uh, we no longer have to worry about power bricks thanks to the Xbox One S iteration. Um, I love the way they came out and they're like, here are the three points. Power, compatibility, craftsmanship. When they started talking about power, I was like, oh no. And he mentioned the specs and I was like, oh god, please don't go on about this. He mm-hmm. immediately, dude, immediately skipped it. The The thing here that I, I wrote down is he talked about why it's better for non-4K, which I thought was super smart. I think that was the biggest thing they had to get across is like, hey, for all of you people that wanted to get, get into 4K, this will do awesome. But they kept reiterating, hey, you people that don't have 4K stuff, there's a reason. Faster loading times, uh, better performance, all of this stuff I think was, excuse me, huge. Like, I think they sold it very well. Um, people were freaking out about the price. Obviously, that happened at the end of the conference. Mm-hmm. I think November 7th, the launch date's great. I mm-hmm. think the price, $500, is a steal for what you're getting. Like, people are like, well, why don't I just go buy a high-end PC? Why don't you then? If you're making that, if you if you're saying why don't I just buy a PC, then why don't you? People mm-hmm. like five hundred dollars. In order to get a decent gaming PC, decent, you you would have to pay twice as much. Like you'd have to pay a thousand dollars for somebody who hasn't b- bought a gaming PC yet. Like I just don't understand the argument of like, oh, it's already five hundred dollars. Might as well get a gaming PC. I just I don't understand that. I think it's a, a lazy argument. 
Mm-hmm. I, lo- I think the price point's great. Uh, this could mean that they can knock off fifty dollars for holiday for a Black Friday sale, since considering it comes out November seventh, or, or attach a free game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's fine. I think the the reveal of it's great, and then the beauty of it is they talked about it, and then it was a string of games that we're gonna about to get into, like games, games, games forever. I think sandwiching uh, every all of the games in between the Xbox One X announcement of the title and the release date and price at the end was great. Yeah. I, I think they kind of skated over the price a little bit because, like, I I mean, they, they waited until the end to say the price, which I, I expected. They kind of did, did a similar thing last year where they opened up with the Xbox One S and then ended with, like, the X, the Scorpio. Like, they like the book end, the beginning and the end, yep. the end of their conferences, that kind of thing. And so, like, they ended with the, with the price. But, like, they did a thing, like, I think it was Phil Spencer that was talking. He was like, oh, yeah, and it's going to be four ninety nine, And then he, they kind of went on. Like, they didn't even, like, yeah. show the price on the screen or anything. They kind of just, like, said it. And kind I of think that was smart, on. though. Yeah, it was I think like, it was smart, too. But yeah. I, also, I think it was smart in the sense that, like, I don't think the price is necessarily, like, a positive thing. I, like, I think if it, if it was $400, they would have displayed it on the screen and it would have been, like, it's 400 bucks, yeah. But, like, so, like, I think the extra $100, I mean, it's not really an extra $100 because, like, it's, I mean, it's an expensive console. Like, it's a powerful thing. But I think that making like having it be four ninety nine as opposed to like three ninety nine, I think when pe- people associate four ninety nine with the original Xbox reveal, um, because yeah. like that was the price of the or the original Xbox One, I guess I should say that was the, that was the price of that console, and that it was that that wasn't well received because the PS four was three ninety nine, and the PS four yeah. was doing like arguably more than the Xbox One, slightly um, more powerful, yeah. Yeah, slightly more powerful. Um, and so, like, to have this one be four ninety nine, I think is it's kind of awkward because, like, I'm at least for me, I like it's hard for me to justify five hundred dollars for a console. Um, and even like, even if like, even if it is powerful, like, I'd love to get the Xbox One X, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can justify five hundred dollars. Like, even for I think the PC argument that pe- that people put out, I think is somewhat relevant because of like the fact that you can upgrade your pc and you can like kind of can it lasts longer than a console or maybe not last longer but like you can you can do things to a pc to make it last longer and you can upgrade and stuff like that whereas the xbox one x like is going to be obsolete in like three years or so like who i mean i i would assume so unless you're able to like mod the xbox one x in in some sort of way um so like the only my oh, only counter argument to that though is like the difference between buying a three hundred dollar PS4 and a five hundred dollar Xbox One X <clears throat> is a very narrow gap compared to either buying an Xbox One X or buying a gaming PC. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I think the the there there is an argument to be had there. I'm not saying it's it should totally be dismissed, but I think people it blow it out of the water a little bit too much. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think. The $500 price point I don't think is arrow up. Like, hey, that's super surprising. That's great. I also don't think it's arrow down either. I think it's just like, okay, that's kind of what we expected. I think that's why they glossed over it because it's – you don't want to dwell on it because it's not super positive. But it's not also negative. So it's not like – they could have – the worst thing they could have done is not even mention the price and have a press release afterwards because then mm-hmm. that would make it seem like they really don't believe in the price point. Yeah. But him saying it at least is like – yeah, it's not what you guys super wanted, but it's not bad either, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it was okay. I do think they skated over a little bit, but let's talk about yeah. all these games, man. These forty-two games. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the games uh, because yeah, like they they start off with Forza Seven, which I'm not a Forza person, but there are a bunch of Forza people out there, and I'm excited for you. Are you a Forza person actually? 
I am not a car guy, dude. Okay. I'll just leave it at I that. I'm the same way. I got Forza Horizon three, um, and that game was is a lot. I think a lot more accessible uh, because oh, it's yeah. not Super necessarily fun. like a sim. It is more. It has an open world, and so that I mean that should speak to what it is. Uh, Forza Horizon three was really fun for me, and so I'm really excited to see people what people if people have fun with Forza Forza seven. Um, and th- that was like their main. I mean, their first thing that they used to kind of show off the power of the Xbox One X. I want to ask you this. So, like, I feel like I didn't really get the message about, like, how powerful and how cool the Xbox One X from seeing the Forza 7 gameplay. And I assume that's because I don't have a 4K TV. And I assume it's because I can't really see it with my eyes. Do you think that that was a problem during this conference? Of the fact that, like, you see stuff with the caption being displayed on or be enhanced by the power of the Xbox one X yet. Like you're not really able to comprehend that because like it kind of still, it would kind of still look the same if you're displaying it on a regular Xbox or did Uh, you not have that issue? No, for the simple fact that at the beginning when they actually talked about the Xbox one X, they made a point, like I said, to say, uh, there's reasons other than 4k, why this benefits you. They said smoother frame rates, your games run better, better load times, Mm -hmm. um, more particle effects, uh, more dynamic effects, and I think that was seen throughout, especially in the Forza thing. There was dynamic weather effects that were like crazy. Uh, there was some really interesting uh, particle effects on um, the way the tires interacted with the ground and the asphalt and stuff like that. Um, I, I think that Forza Motorsport Seven did what it needed to do to get the people who are interested in Forza Motorsport 7 excited. Like those car guys, them unveiling a brand new car that no one's ever seen before, I think is huge for the audience that loves Forza. Them knowing like, I'm going to be buying the game that just unveiled the new Porsche. Fun fact, I've learned today that it's pronounced Porsche. Yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, I always said Porsche. Um, Yeah, I, I think because they focus so much on saying there's other benefits outside of 4K, uh, I think it, I... It was conveyed why the Xbox One X is for you, even if it isn't directly talked about. Because a lot of the gameplay demos they had showed some pretty dynamic stuff happening. Um, And though, how would I say this? Though it didn't look like crazy beautiful 4K display, obviously, it showed off that these weren't... There's a there, these aren't launch titles. I guess is mm-hmm. the best way to put it. These don't look like games from 2013. It's like, oh, I can see that there's some stuff going on. Maybe more people on screen or more stuff happening at once. Um, yeah, like I said, Forza Motorsport Seven was cool because it looked pretty, but other than that, uh, no go for me. <laughs> uh, they and after Forza Seven, they announced uh, Metro Exodus, which Dude. looked really cool. They showed it with, I mean, <sighs> quote unquote gameplay. I don't know if I can call that gameplay. Like watching no. it, like they framed it as gameplay, but it was definitely like so pre. Go ahead, dude. I hate to interrupt you, but if I was if I was in that conference, you would have heard me shout at the top of my lungs. People mm-hmm. do not understand how much of a Metro fan I'm. Like last, I night, didn't realize. Did you know it was Metro before before it ended? Yes. The moment, so when he walks out, the moment he he pulls up his hand, people who are familiar with the Metro series, that's kind of like the hub where you where mm. you. Uh, keep track of stuff so um it looked from that point when he first reached up his arm also the environment i knew it was post-apocalyptic and i'm like well this isn't sony stage it isn't resistance and then the the key moment for it was when he walked out of the door and he took off his mask that's another uh, another huge mechanic of the metro series uh 2033 was really cool last light i think was one of the most underrated shooters on last gen the 360 gen Mm -hmm. and then they actually re-released them with metro redux and those games have been on sale for like 10 bucks you get two games 
if you have a chance, if that goes on sale, buy those games. They're underrated. They're very good. When I saw this announcement, I was so excited. Blessing, you do not understand. <laughs> I was like a new Metro game. Like I was so excited. Uh, we I've didn't been get a release date. The idea of getting those the re- the Redux thing, dude. They're good. They're good. They're solid. Especially dude, ten bucks. You can't go wrong. Four mm-hmm. um, A games. So th- we have a loose release date of twenty eighteen. Four A games made the first two. They said they're working on two games. We got the announcement that they were working on like a VR title, which kind of bummed me out. I was like, uh, I wanted a new Metro. And they said they're working on two projects. I was like, is Metro ever going to come? The last thing I expected it for was for it to semi-open Microsoft show. Like, mm-hmm. that, that was so awesome, dude. You do not understand how excited I was. I was sitting here like, is this a new Metro? Is this a new Metro? I was like pinching myself. And then they did the reveal. Odd to call it gameplay. Um, the giant bear enemy. So Metro is obviously about post-apocalyptic, like, like disease ridden things, like stuff getting infected. And I think this is more Siberian. It looks like maybe like Cold War Russia or something. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think there was more of a focus on wolves and bears and stuff. I don't know. It looked, it looked awesome. I don't want to stick on Metro too long, but like, I was so excited, man. So excited. I'm really excited for it because it looked great. Like, uh, I mean, it not being real gameplay aside, like, just as a trailer, like, it looked incredible. Like, communicating what it is. Like, I could tell, before I even knew it was Metro, I was like, oh, this is post-apocalyptic. Oh, it's like, oh, he's shooting. Oh, these things look crazy. Oh, what? Are these, like, crazy <laughs> yeah. zombie wolves? Oh, man, that's big bear thing. Like, the like the longer and longer it went, the more and more I was like, yo, this is crazy. This, this looks serious. And, like, I'm not familiar. I'm not, like that familiar with Metro. Like, I've known Metro. I've watched, like, reviews for Metro, and so I know what it is. I know, like, people the people who love it love it um but I, I never thought of metro as like this like big like franchise and so i never really expected to see like an, another entry into it and so to like see them put it uh, put out another one like it makes me want to go back and play uh the ones i missed and so like i'm really excited to see metro like re-enter people's sphere of con- consciousness and kind of like put itself out there the beauty uh, the beauty of this real quick i don't want to stay on this too long but the beauty of this is that what was the last European studio that had a franchise based on books that released a third game to people? Oh, yeah. CD Projekt Red and Witcher. I really hope that this is 4A Games coming out party. The Metro mm-hmm. games are fantastic. I really think if they do this well, Metro Exodus, I think, is a game that can capture people just off of the name alone. And then once they see how beautiful this game is, I really think like CD Projekt Red with Witcher 3, I think this can be 4A Games foray into the forefront of people's minds. I'm nice. really excited for Metro Exodus, yeah. So. Yeah. Next up, uh, we got the reveal of Assassin's Creed Origins, the game that nobody knew reveal, was coming quote out. Reveal, quote-unquote. Yeah. Quote-unquote reveal. <laughs> um, coming out October 7th, uh, it takes place in Egypt. It seems like it's going to be like... I think it's it's called Origins since apparently these are like the first Assassins. Uh, it's taking place, I guess, before any other Assassin's Creed game. Uh what do you what how do you feel about it are you a fan of assassin's creed do you have any like oh dude i'm a huge fan of assassin's creed so i've played every assassin's creed except for syndicate Hmm. uh yeah i'm I'm just going through my head thinking of all of them uh what do you say you don't like the british uh no it was just like (laughs) i don't know why i didn't buy it for some reason um probably because that's when their game started getting repetitive like super repetitive Mm -hmm. um so this is, I'm, I believe this is from the same director of Black Flag, which you can see straight through the gameplay. Um, I think this is huge. So my biggest thing going into this, I was down with Assassin's Creed Origins once I heard the setting. Like, ancient Egypt, 
super down, right? Especially with the scope of the land they can play with, the barrenness of it. Um, my biggest thing was they need to do something to set this apart to give people a reason to buy another Assassin's Creed game. And I think the level and depth of the RPG elements they added were huge. The fact that, you know, enemies are leveled individually, uh, the, the fact that uh, there's weapons, dynamic weapons you can pick up. Um, I think all of the RPG elements lend themselves enough to people to show. And the new mechanics, like at the end when he shoots the arrow and then he's able to aim it and take the dude out, I think is huge. I think the combat has been uh, refined more. Um, looks like it has a lot of inspiration from Souls or other action RPGs. Um, yeah, I think they gave people a reason to be like, no, this is a new Assassin's Creed with some new tools that give you a reason to buy it. And I think that's what they needed to do. And I believe they, they, they did that for most people. It was like, this is a different new Assassin's Creed. Nice. Awesome. Uh, next up, they, they announced PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds uh, coming exclusively to Xbox One in the fall. Which, Huge. to me, is one of the craziest announcements of yeah. this whole conference. Um, if you're unfamiliar, PlayerUnknown's Player Battlegrounds is a PC game. Uh, that came out this year and it's essentially like a battle royale type game uh, think hunger games uh, listen to pixel pulse radio actually because i'm pretty sure they talk about it a bunch uh, but essentially like you you and like 99 other players enter a battlefield and it's last one standing it's like a survival kind of kind of game uh it's very popular like very very popular on yes. PC right now like popular streaming game uh, people love it and uh it's a game that I really wanted to play, but I don't have a, like a I don't have a PC. Yep. Like I have, I have a laptop, but I don't have like a, a gaming PC, and so like I really doubt that I could run it. And so I just have no way of playing this game. But the fact that this game is coming to Xbox in the fall, um, and as an exclusive, is big for Xbox. Like that's a that's a big grab because people, uh, people are crazy about this game. Um, yep. And like I want to be crazy. I want to be one of those people that are, that's crazy about this game because it looks awesome. The premise is awesome. And usually, like this isn't like the first game that's that's doing this sort of thing. But it seems to be like the first one that's gained this type of appeal. Like people really take to it. And people really like it. And you see like clips of it everywhere. Um, and and a, a really big community that's formed around it. Um, and so I'm really excited for it. Uh, Jared, what do you think? Uh, so I love Player Unknown Battlegrounds. I don't own it on PC. I have a computer capable of it. But to be quite honest with you, I was expecting one of the two, either PlayStation or Xbox, to announce a partnership with it, mm -hmm. just because of how big of a phenomenon it was. So I'm like, here's the deal. E3 comes, if it's for on PlayStation 4, I'll buy it for PC, because obviously I don't own PlayStation. If it comes up for Xbox, I'm just going to wait for it to come out on Xbox. Are, looking at it from the outside perspective, this could you could circle this, and you could make a case that this was the most important announcement Xbox made in their conference, mm -hmm. to be I quite agree. honest with you. This... This game is so po this game will sell millions of copies and I don't think a lot of people understand like this was one of the biggest I just wrote next to it huge get in all capitals like it's very important I thought this was a oh so smart of Xbox dude I don't yeah. want to go on and on it just it, there could be a, an argument made that this was the most important announcement Xbox made Yeah and I think this is also like indicative of like how uh they are aiming there I I I think xbox is sort of aiming to gain in that pc audience i don't know if this is like a new idea or anything um but like it's it seems like how the ps4 has kind of dominated like the, the console space it seems like xbox is trying to diversify their own player base by not only going for like the super like hardcore like gamers that want something like persona or like near or like the more hardcore games that you may see on like a console like it seems like they are trying to go for the 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 pc type 
gamers also uh which i think is really interesting because like with something like the xbox one x x with games like state of decay 2 and uh player knows battlegrounds like it, it very much seems like they they have a strategy that they're going for and i'm very curious to see how it plays out because like but player knows battlegrounds is not a game that you, you you would usually get on a console like it's a game it's one of those games that like you only sell on pc and that's about yep. it um and for it to come on console and for it to come on, on xbox specifically like it seems like i don't know it seems like they know what they're doing and like they know kind of kind of what they're aiming for um and i'm really i'm really interested interested to know what where their headspace is at in terms of like the games they're choosing to put on their console the 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 um goal with the xbox one x like what the the whole kind of landscape that they're trying to plant for themselves like i want to know what they're doing it or what they're doing why they're doing it and like what they expect to see um because so far i think like i mean if you asked me last year i would have i would have said that like the xbox play anywhere thing was crazy like it's a crazy idea like if you want to sell your console you need exclusives uh but to kind of see like them doing uh this uh and getting like more pc games and, and making like a hardcore uh powerful console experience is comparable to like pc uh making that affordable to people like I don't know. Like it, 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 it seems like they're making a lot of right decisions, and that's not something I've been able to say about Xbox. Like this whole console generation, like well, maybe not this yeah. whole console generation, but like at least to- towards the beginning of the console generation, um, and leading up to now, they've been doing some better things. So I don't know. I'm excited. The Rock Galaxy, the the Rock Galactic was announced, uh, which I can't remember what that is. It was one of the indie games, I think. Um, it was like dwarf. You were like dwarves in a cave, like fighting off and digging through caves and it was it was weird cool that yeah. it's a console exclusive but weird uh then state of decay 2 was announced i never played state of decay 1 um and i i don't really know if i have anything i could even say about state of decay 2 are you familiar with state of decay yeah so uh i actually really liked the first game um undead labs is a developer that i have a lot of intrigue in because they're someone who i think can evolve to make great triple a games um, so State of Decay wasn't a AAA game, obviously. It was more of an indie-ish kind of game. Phenomenal, cool gameplay, cool concept with the zombie um, genre. State of Decay 2 looks to build on State of Decay, putting more of an emphasis on multiplayer and um, kind of like building your base and your home. Uh, they talked about how the game's launching with three maps, and then there's going to be post-release uh, more maps. Like They're going to be adding more maps post-release. I think this is going to be a sleeper hit for for Xbox. This isn't the AAA uh, exclusive you expect to see, but this is a game that I think will sell better than people anticipate. Mm. Um, And I do think that Undead Labs, hopefully State of Decay 2 sells well, which I think it will. I think their next game is going to be a AAA-looking game. Mm. I think they're going to take the State of Decay franchise to the next level, and I think... (laughs) I think they're going to I think this is a stepping stone to something that can be truly great. I think State of Decay 2 is going to be great, but I'm excited for the future of Undead Labs, Labs above anything else. Nice. I totally agree. Uh the Darwin project was announced which I jokingly like I call it um Dreamworks Battlegrounds because like it looks it's, yeah. it's essentially like a last man standing kind of game that's like in a more cartoony style. Um I kind of wish they were more specific about what that game was. Um, because it looked cool, it looked interesting, but I couldn't really tell you exactly like. But how stream, it... stream chat can interact with it. That's huge. Oh and yeah, people, that's also huge. Yeah, I think that's crazy. You can stream that game, 
and you can be playing like you can see people fighting against each other and like chat's like i'm gonna give this dude an extra shield mm-hmm. so it's kind of like it's even more hunger games than battlegrounds because in hunger games they have people who manipulate the battle space mm-hmm. and i think that's a that's going to be huge on streaming services so yeah yeah and they had a shoutcaster uh, on like stage shoutcasting the the thing that was going on, which like, I, I mean, given given the premise, I would have said that was like the cheesiest thing that they could have done. I liked it, but like, yeah, the the way they presented it and like the, just the pure passion behind the shoutcaster, yeah. I was like, you know what, I can accept it because you know what, it's a little bit cool. Like it's it's the tiniest bit cool, and so I'll let it slide because like. I'm somewhat kind of enjoying this a little bit, even though in in, in any other scenario scenario, I hate the I hate when they have shoutcasting. Um, but in that in in that specific scenario, I was like, it's all right, I'll, I'll I'm fine with it. Uh, they announced crossplay for Minecraft, which is pretty cool. So like, you can play on people who are on mobile or PC or different consoles. So that's kind of crazy. I don't play Minecraft, but I'm pretty sure that's really big for Minecraft people. Do you play Minecraft, Jared? Um, so I'm going to sound like so pretentious here. Uh, I played Minecraft before it was cool. I played (laughs) it on PC when it was like super early beta, like when they barely introduced doors, like super early Minecraft. And I played it for a long time. I played it when it came to Xbox 360, played it when it came to Xbox One. Uh, I have a on and off relationship with Minecraft. I think it's a fantastic game. There's a reason it sold as many copies as it has. This, this is another thing like Battlegrounds that like somebody who's like a, a video game journal or something's going to look at this and like just skip over it. But you can circle this Minecraft thing and be like, this was huge just on its own. Like the fact that there's the community marketplace. So they're essentially taking the Valve marketplace idea where people can create things and sell them. That's huge. You're empowering your community. The massive servers making it so more people can play in a, uh, the same world. I think mm. that's huge. And the crossplay is huge as well. The the 4K update, uh, even the high res graphics pack, I think is huge, uh, because that's something that can get people who aren't really interested. Be like, oh, this is actually there's dynamic lighting now. The water uh, looks great. Like, I really think that you could circle this just like Player Unknown Battlegrounds. And be like, this was a huge announcement on on its own because if you look at how many copies Minecraft has sold. It's important that Xbox continues to service that community. People always mm-hmm. talk about when they're going to be Minecraft 2. It'll never happen. You, If you're talking like that, you just don't understand the way Minecraft is built. It's built on the community it has. There's no reason for them to make a Minecraft 2. It's probably the same reason you probably won't see Rocket League 2. They know how to nurture that community and improve that game over and over and over. There's no point to segment your audience with the new entry. I thought it was yeah, huge. I agree. Uh, my favorite joke on Twitter about that uh presentation was that like somebody was, I, I think it was uh just macro or something like that was um they tweeted like forever ago like oh i can't wait to see minecraft enhanced uh, through the power of scorpio and then like he like retweeted it like out during during uh, that presentation it was like oh my god i was right they did they did enhance it That's hilarious. Um, which was crazy to see but it's pretty it's, it looked really awesome um i wish I, I wish i liked minecraft i wish i was young because young blessing would love minecraft i would have gone crazy over minecraft but minecraft hit at just the age where i was like no i don't have the time i have i have work i have have school i have to make money and survive if i had all the free time man minecraft would be my it would probably be my favorite game of all time uh next up they have one of my other favorite announcements dragon ball fighter z coming out in 2018 let me tell you about dragon ball z jared now (laughs) <laughs> Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 1 no Budokai 1 Budokai 2 Budokai 3 
Tenkaichi 1, Tenkaichi 2, and Tenkaichi 3 are like six of my favorite games of all time. I love the Dragon Ball Z fighting games so much, and I'm not a fan of Xenoverse, and so like I haven't gotten a Dragon Ball Z game this uh, console generation, and even last console generation, to be honest, where I was like, oh yeah, this is this is it, this is my game. Um, I tried to like Xenoverse very hard, I couldn't, I tried to like... Um, Raging Blast, I think, was one of the ones that came out last last console generation. I tried to like it. I couldn't. Uh, Burst Limit. I tried it. Couldn't. This one looks like the one. This one looks like the one that's gonna be that's gonna pull me in. That because like it's developed by Arc System, um, which who they did. Uh, what are the games they did? They Guilty did the fighting Gear. games. Guilty Gear. Yeah, they did Guilty Gear, and that's very well acclaimed. Like people love Guilty Gear. People love their games. Um, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not into Guilty Gear, uh, because like, I've, I've always found like those kinds of games, like kind of, uh, hard for me to get into because their, their player base is so hardcore, but a Dragon Ball Z game, like I'm so passionate about Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Z games in particular that I'm willing to like get hardcore about a Dragon Ball Z fighting game. If it's even built, built with those same like systems involved and it's 3v3, um, not like three player versus three players, but like you choose three characters and it's kind of similar to like Marvel vs. Capcom in that sense, which sounds amazing. It sounds bonkers, but it sounds amazing. I'm really high for this. Um, I'm really, I, I think it's really cool that Xbox got this at their conference because Xbox is not known for having Japanese games. And so like to be able to have this get, and there's another game later on that they got um, that they're able to show off. Um, I think that's a really great thing and i think it at least shows that they are aware and they at least have something because like one of the things that that allows playstation to appeal to me is the fact that i can play i can play persona on playstation i can play near um i can play a bunch of random japanese games um i can what was the other yakuza zero like games like that like i can't get those on xbox really but um, I think Dragon Ball Z is a great thing to show. It's a great thing to be like to to put that up and be like, hey, like we have something that hard people who are hardcore into like anime um, or this type of thing. Um, here you go, you can play it. I think that's I think that's really exciting. Um, are you at all like a Dragon Ball Z person? Does this Dude, excite you at all? <laughs> I, I so I absolutely love Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's essentially my childhood. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge anime guy. I'm trying to get more into it. It's not that I'm not like interested in anime. It's just a very, I'm very bad at watching like taking in media, media like TV shows, movies. Period. Much less bringing on a whole new medium, right? But, like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were like my childhood. The thing I love about this game is that it's a 2D fighter, and I, I'm not really into the like dynamic shifting like two and a half D, three D like Dragon Ball Z fighters. They're not my thing. It just doesn't feel right to me. I think that the aesthetic they chose for this too, they didn't go for like some of the Dragon Ball games have this weird thing where they go for like the the popped out like three D versions of characters and it looks very odd to me. This is super two D straight from the anime. Mm-hmm. It looks gorgeous. Um, my dream game really is like Dragon Ball Final Final Fantasy fifteen, like that kind of aesthetic. I don't think we'll ever get that kind of game. I mean, my absolute dream would be like a turn based game. Like some of my favorite Dragon Ball games are the ones on Game Boy Advance and Game Boy. Um, I'm I'm not super into fighting games. Period. This actually intrigues me though because it is that. I think it's two and a half D, but it looks super strict two D for the most part, mm-hmm. and I love the aesthetic of it. Um, so like right now it's like a seventy thirty. I'm in, which I didn't think I would say for a Dragon Ball fighting game. 
Um, but like you said, it was huge that it was on Xbox's stage. I think that this was one of the most diverse conferences that Xbox has had. One of my biggest issues with PlayStation last year is that they didn't talk about indies. A lot of the games they showed were fantastic, do not get me wrong. Mm. But it was all first-party PlayStation stuff that kind of has the same vibe, same look for the most part. Obviously, different settings and stuff. But like, there wasn't a whole lot of diversity there. They didn't show off uh, uh, Persona 5 at their conference. They didn't show off Nino Kuni, which I hope we see this year. But, like, I just think that the diversity in Xbox's conference was phenomenal. Dragon Ball Z or Dragon, Dragon Ball Fighter Z kind of kicked that off, which is yeah, cool. I agree. Uh Let's we're gonna we're gonna speed up a little bit um, since okay. we're falling behind, but we got a bunch of stuff we can just speed through. So they also announced Black Desert, with, which is an MMORPG. Yep. Uh, that looked pretty interesting. They also announced the last the last night, uh, which actually looked pretty cool. That's like a pixel art type of game. I had no idea what it's about, but Blade really Runner cool vibes. Style. Uh, say it again. Uh, Blade Runner vibes. Yeah, 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 a lot but... of like eighties Blade Runner vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I, it it gave off that kind of feel to it, which was really cool. Like for sure, if you're listening to this, to this um, podcast and you haven't checked out the conference, check out the last night because as far as as far as indie games go, that one looks like just as, as a pure like style perspective, that that one looks really cool. Um, mm-hmm. They also showed off the Artful Escape, which I cannot picture in my head. I don't know what that is. Um, uh, music Acid Trip, the dude with the guitar, that was so crazy. Huh? It was a guy walking from think- left to right. And like it was, it was like him walking, and then like him fighting stuff, and him having a guitar. It was really interesting, really odd. Interesting. Uh, there's also Code Vein, which is the yep. other uh, Japanese game that they showed off, which looked really cool. Um, I'm, I'm typing it in right now to remind myself. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's an exclusive, which is bonkers. Um, developed by Bandai Namco, uh, and I believe no Code Vein. Code Vein isn't an exclusive. Oh, it's not. Oh, never no, mind. No, no. Uh, but yeah, it's a single player uh action role playing game. Looks really interesting. Looks super anime. Uh, which is I guess uh, is so a uh, big get for Xbox once again. I don't. I'll, well, I say big get, but I say big get in the sense that like, in terms of Japanese games, they don't get those, and so like it's a yep. really great thing that they, that they got it. Um, but I'm really interested to see how this game is received because like I've never heard of a game like this before, and it seems very like low key. Um. But they showed it off, which is really exciting, really cool. Uh, that comes out in 2018. They did a Sea of Thieves extended demo, which is when I got up and started and made a burrito for myself because uh, I said this last year on the E3 podcast, and I got crap for it. I got crap for it from Alex Van Aken, I believe. Um, and so I'll say it again. I'm not a fan of Sea of Thieves. I don't think it looks all that cool. I don't think it's going to sell that well. But... A lot of people are, which kind of confuses me. But um, Jared, are you one of those people that like loves Sea of Thieves? Uh, I think you're completely wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> so I can actually talk about it now. I've played in like an extensive amount of the closed alpha and beta for Sea of Thieves, mm-hmm. and I was uh, kind of with you from the beginning of like, where's the content in this game? I don't understand what the appeal here is. It looks like just like whatever. It's one of those games that it either clicks with you instantly. Or you need to play it to get it. And I think I do. I, I disagree with you that. I do think it's going to sell well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the aesthetic lends very well to family audiences, period, let alone people our age and older or younger who want to play it. Um, it is one of those games that it I think it looks good. But for people who question how it looks, I think you can if you play it, you might change your mind. 
And obviously, I don't know if that, that'll happen with you, but I do think it's a game that when you're in that world and you're experiencing and you're having fun with your friends, I do think it says a lot about it. It is a unique experience. Um, I do think some of the reason why you don't like it is because you see the name Rare attached to you and you'd rather have them working on something else <laughs> that you want them to be making, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see where we're coming from, though. That It could be seen as, like, where's the content in it? I think this is a game predicated on showing you the reason why there's why you're going to play this for more than two hours um but i have to agree with you that i do think it's going to sell well and i do think there's a lot there but guess mm-hmm. what that's the beauty of video games there's something for everybody not everybody's going to like everything guess how many people tuned out when they showed the porsche i was about to say oh, yeah. Porsche, and then i realized i was wrong so like there's something <laughs> for everybody i can't sit here and expect you to like sea of thieves but mm-hmm. you know you're wrong. Yeah, it's one of those games. I mean, I, I I do think part of it is like the the fact that it is that that it's rare. And like when they came out, uh, it wasn't last year. I think it was a couple years ago. And they revealed and they were like, oh yeah, we have a new game from Rare. And they showed Sea of Thieves. I think part of me was like, oh, I really don't like pirates. And also like up till now, I don't know what the game. Pl- I mean, they showed us gameplay. And I, I mean, to be fair, I went and got a burrito during the gameplay. But I don't know what like the main objective and the main thrust of the game is. Like it seems, is it like. Is it PvP? Is it PV? Is it PVE? Is it's it like- PV. It's PVENP. So basically, the point okay. of the game is just for you to hop in a ship with people you know or people you don't know, and go do stuff. You can get treasure maps to go find treasure. You can just randomly explore. You can be an, a group of a holes and have no very like no goal and just go around trying to find other ships to loot. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's basically a sandbox that you can choose what you want to do, and I think that plays a lot of people um, because. Though people do love single-player experiences, I think people also love just getting home, popping in a game, and just messing around. And I think Sea of Thieves will be huge for that because it's a game that scales well. If you want to play by yourself, I think there's room there for you to go and do stuff on your own. If you have two friends online, one friend online, four friends online. If you want to play with people you know, people you don't know. I just think it scales very well. Um, And I think there's a lot of... It's a game that can be... Also with the scaling, there's a lot of stuff that can be released post its launch so I, I think it's a game that scales very well and hmm. it has a lot of diff- it's a sandbox it's a pirate sandbox you know yeah uh i think i mean i think another thing is that it is like co-op and so and i, I think i think one i haven't seen a game in this style in this like that it, it, ha- it has like that kiddish sort of feel to it and it's yeah. also like a, it's also like a co-op game and it's also like sandboxy and it's 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 really different which i think is a great thing but at the same time it's really like i don't know at least for me at least i'm like i don't know when i'd want to like i don't know if i'd ever want to play this but i mean it might also just not be a game for me which yep. bums me out because i'm like a big rare fan i guess <laughs> um next up uh after sea of thieves they did uh they, they showed tacoma which comes out august 2nd um if you're unfamiliar with tacoma it's like a awesome it's it's from the developers of gone home steve gainer right? yep yeah fulbright. okay yep. i i thought i was guessing that um from fulbright uh i don't i'm not i it takes it takes place in space i couldn't tell you if that game is another like walking simulator quote-unquote or like what it is. Gameplay of it is it is it is yeah it's nice. a it's a an, it's an experience cool steve so gainer's like talking narrat- about it quite a bit yeah narrative driven experience tacoma in space yep uh super lucky still Really quick, uh, Tacoma is a launch exclusive, so if you have a PlayStation and you're, it sucks that you're like, oh, I love Gone Home, I want to play this game, it'll come out eventually on PlayStation. Might be a while, might be six months, might be a year, but it's only a launch mm-hmm. exclusive, so 
you might be able to you'll be able to play Tacoma on PlayStation. So. Nice. I remember that time where like Inside came out on Xbox One as an exclusive. Then a month later, came out on PS4, and I was super salty about it. I hope the same thing happens with Tacoma. <laughs> because well actually no i have an xbox what am i talking about i keep forgetting yeah. that i own an xbox now and the witness came to the xbox so it was like it was it a did. nice trade yeah those it was, it was a really nice that was like but... that was a great trade-off actually because both yeah. of those games are like t- probably two of the best games of last year um super lucky's tale was announced uh no idea wh- what it is it's like a platforming game but like, is that is that the game that Bubsy is in, or is that am I thinking of something else? No, no, no. Bubsy is a completely different game. Okay. This game is cool because it's like a three D platformer and also two D platformer. Like it Ooh. has both of them. Like in through the gameplay, they showed three D platformer sections, and mm-hmm. they also showed two two D platformer sections. At first, I thought it was a Conquerors Bad Fur Day thing. I think it was going to be like like this nice little cute squirrel looking dude, and then Conquer comes in and like steps on him or something. But that mm-hmm. never happened. Yeah. It looks cool. This also launches the same day as Xbox One X. Interesting. That's an interesting bit. So, like, when I saw it, I I think um, I I saw I saw the gameplay on screen, and I saw it be I saw it as like a two D platforming game, and so I, and I turned my head to like type it down in this dock, so I so we'd have the layout and all that stuff. And I guess I missed like all of the three D platforming parts because like yep. if I saw the three D platforming, I would have got super excited because three D platformers are one of my favorite genres. Uh, but yeah, that's exciting. I thought it was Bubsy, and so I got really confused. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for that to come out, though. Uh, Cuphead comes out in September 29th. It is $20, um, which, I I mean, I'm really excited for Cuphead. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Cuphead, essentially, it is a 2D platformer with... I mean, 2D platformer shooter, shoot-em-up kind of kind of deal. Um, with the, the art style is, is early cartoonish. And so, like, think, like early 1940s like, disney like yeah steamboat i was say like mickey mouse yeah mickey, who was the guy before me there was a guy before me steamboat willie steamboat willie yeah. was the og one in the train yeah yeah so think like that like the art style is exactly that looks beautiful i have worries about this game though because when they originally revealed it it seemed like the game was all boss battles boss rush they, yeah it was like a boss rush game but i don't think they communicated that well enough and so people were like everybody was under the impression that oh, like oh this is like a 2D platformer and people were like and or and they and I think they kind of messed up in that regard and had to like go back and kind of add a bunch of platforming sections which it, which is why this game's taken so long to kind of come out but given that there was that wasn't their original vision I don't know like how well that th- the 2D platforming is going to be implemented in this game that's like my one worry is that like yeah it maybe like they either rushed it or they didn't foresee this coming or they didn't really they didn't want to make a platforming game in the first place now they're kind of forced to and so like the they maybe like it's not all there i don't know i'm that's that's my worry but from what i've seen in this game aside from that like i'm at least excited to like shoot up some bosses in in this art style like the art style looks incredible um and i'm 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 probably i'm probably for sure gonna get this game at launch because it looks really cool Comes out um, a week after my birthday. Yeah, it comes oh, out nice. a week after my birthday. My birthday is the twenty first. Comes out the 29th, which I think is cool. Oh, this cool. game needed this game needed a release date. Like the, this game needed to come out this year. People were saying the same thing for Below, which I don't think they're in the same category because Below never had any questions about its depth. Uh, Capybara is a proven developer, unlike the people making Cuphead. I agree with you. My worry is the platforming. I am very particular in platformers. Uh, I hard quit. Uh, Outland, which is from the guys who, uh, what is their name? 
They're the guys who make a bunch of PlayStation exclusives like Next Machina and Alienation. What is their name? Oh, I cannot remember their name. Um, those guys. Uh, crap, why can't I think of it? I know exactly what you're talking uh, about. So they made a platformer named Outlined. Was Yeah, there you go. They made a platformer named Outlined. It was too floaty for me. I hard quit. Nothing against mm-hmm. the developers. I'm just very particular on platformers. What I, my biggest hope is that there's a separate game mode specifically designed the way they originally intended, where mm-hmm. it's this boss rush. I hope that's part of the game. Like Maybe it's something you unlock after beating the game, but I hope there's a way to play their original vision of what they actually wanted to make. Yeah, Either I, way. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Crackdown 3 uh, was announced, in, in, uh, or not announced, but the release date was announced uh, November 7th, and they revealed more gameplay, or a gameplay trailer. Um, featuring freaking Terry Crews. Terry Crews, which hell yeah! I mean, every time I see Terry Crews, I have to smile because like that dude is awesome. He's like he's like The Rock, but less famous. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, and Crackdown more black. <laughs> and more black, I guess that's also true. He's very he's like a very like over the top. Like every time I see Terry Crews, I I always like I want to get like a little bit offended, but I'm like I can't get offended at Terry Crews being Terry Crews like. Uh, but exactly. he's just like overly like, yo, I'm Terry Crews about to like punch up a thing right here, and I'm like, cool. I'm not. I like you, Terry Crews. I like you, Terry. But can we tone it down a bit? <laughs> yeah. We're being a little bit like you know. Talk talk about a game <laughs> that needed a release date though. This one just oh, like, yeah. needed a release date. Some people thought this game wasn't coming out this year, which I was like, you're out of your mind. This game has to come out this year. It mm. has to. Yeah. This game I've been worried about because when they originally revealed it, it was revealed. Um, as being like as taking advantage of the cloud technology and we've heard nothing about that and so like i was like did the cloud just disappear or like what i mean what happened like how are they gonna do crackdown without the cloud um or is like the cloud still a thing that that the that crackdown is going to take advantage of but um it seems to be coming out is that the same day as uh scorpio november 7th yeah so you have that's the beauty of it is this isn't a new well it is a new console but this is a new console generation but Mm -hmm. they have the they have uh so they have uh the day that it releases they have forza motorsport 7 which is had come out a month before but it's essentially you know a lot of people mm-hmm. are gonna get it for xbox one x they have super lucky's tale which is the family game the platformer and now they have the shooter you know what i mean they ha- this mm-hmm. is a year without halo or gears they have crackdown i think that's smart super yeah. smart it's awesome uh there was an indie reel uh that they showed they revealed ashen which looked a lot like absolver it looked like absolver but like Meets a different Dark genre. Souls. It looks yeah. like Absolver meets Dark Souls. Like yeah, there's a lot much. of Dark Souls influence with like the boss design and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm really interested to see how people take both those games as they come out because Absolver comes out this fall, I believe. Um, yes. And if you're unfamiliar with Absolver, it's essentially like a fighting game, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't really know how to describe that game, uh, but essentially it's like a 3D kind of fighting game. It's like For Honor almost, but not for honor it's a fighting game i'm just gonna call it a fighting game but like it looked like ashen and ashen looks like absolver ashen yeah is kind of like a, a dark souls ish kind of thing um but i'm interested to see if people get these games mixed up in their heads as much as i'm going to uh life is strange before the storm was also revealed Dude. and i'm really excited Oof. about it i love the first life is strange and part of me is a little bit salty that they're doing the same uh, characters as First Life is Strange because I felt like the First Life is Strange was such a definitive story for me and I kind of don't yeah. want anything else in that story but they're doing it seemingly as a prequel um, and some of the reveals in the trailer too kind of like 
got me. Like they uh, they yep. showed Rachel for a split second. And I was like, oh, like in uh, Chloe was like Rachel, and I was like, oh my gosh, my heart. And that's the moment I got goosebumps. Where I was like, oh, oh, step, that's Rachel. Um, if you if you haven't played Life is Strange, I under, I understand the confusion with uh, right now. But like that game, I is such a such a great game, such a like great story, great vibe, like well designed overall i mean there are, there are a few things they probably could have done better but like um overall it was a game that that i really loved um and really it really connected with me and so this excitement got me announced uh, or this announcement got me excited <laughs> uh what about you how do you feel about the this announcement so i love life is strange like a lot we recently got the announcement that they're working on a sequel i think the best thing about this is that it the fact that it is a prequel means that there, a lot of the assets can be reused for the most part, right? They can mm. just up them or what they need to do. Uh, it comes out August 31st, which is cool. Also, it's only three episodes. So I think mm. that's also huge because that means that they're not, they're not going to be spending a whole lot of time on this. I wouldn't even be surprised if at least maybe one and a half episodes are done. I, I'm excited to play this, but I definitely don't want it to detract from the sequel. Other strange thing, it looked like she had powers in the trailer. So I wonder if, I wonder if that's just them cutting it interestingly. Or if it's that the reason the game's called Life is Strange isn't just because of the powers of, um, what's her name? I'm brain farting. The main character of the oh, first Max. game. Max. And mm-hmm. Chloe has powers. I wonder if maybe the reason it's called Life is Strange is because it's like a superhero universe where like there's a bunch of kids who actually have powers. And maybe hers aren't time manipulation. Maybe there's something else. But like it kind of shows like she might have powers or something or maybe rachel mm-hmm. has powers i don't know it just seems like there's something there and i'm super excited can't wait to play it yeah One I'm like, my okay most so i'm tripping right now and i'm trying to like do research is this is this not life is strange 2 is this essentially like a spin-off kind of thing nope they this is a prequel they're they, prequel. they've okay yeah there was they're working on the sequel and we we heard rumblings of a, a prequel coming as well. So they're doing huh. a prequel and they're also doing a sequel. Yep. I did not realize that. I didn't realize it was coming out because you said August, and I was like, wait, really? August thirty so like, first. Yeah, dude, that's yep. crazy. I'm really excited now because I th- I totally thought this was too when they announced it. Uh, now I'm even more excited. Uh, <laughs> since since yeah, oh okay, man, okay, I'm really happy. Um. Man, okay, let's go. Let's move on to Shadow of War. Uh, they did they did a gameplay demo of Shadow of War, which looked really cool. It, it kind of looks just like Shadow of Mordor to me. I don't know how. I don't know if you got the same vibe. I really like Shadow uh, of Mordor, so I don't really have a problem with that. But like, I didn't really get much out of the gameplay demo except for the fact that like the orcs seem to have more personality, which is yeah. A great there's thing. a lot of a lot of levity in it. I think yeah. the, the that conversation you had was great. Um. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I find strange is that people are tackling this game for not looking too different from Shadow of, uh, Shadow of Mordor. And I played Shadow of Mordor. I like the game a lot. And I don't think this game looks too different. It builds on the Nemesis system, makes it way better, more interesting. Like the fact that you have your own army and you pick mm. your own generals and stuff, I think is super cool. Destiny 2 is essentially doing the same thing of like... Destiny 2, for the most part, everything they revealed doesn't seem like it couldn't have been an expansion. Just like this. But mm-hmm. I do think they are both going to provide value. I think Shadow of War looks awesome. It's one of my most anticipated games this fall. Um, I'm super excited to play it. I think it's going to be a really great time. So yeah, I don't want to stick too long on it. Yeah. Uh, next thing that they revealed was Ori and the Will of the Wisps oh, announced a uh, sequel to Ori in the Blind Forest. I never really played much of Ori in the Blind Forest, sadly. I only what? played like the first like 30 minutes. Oh. Um, just because of like, time and like yeah. I... I really like uh, Metroidvania games, 
but like i for me to get into it it has to like really pull me like I, I don't know, but I might go. I mean, since this is announced, I might go back to Ori and the Blind Forest and, and complete it before I, I, I touch Will of the Wisps. Um, but yeah, did you, were you, I mean, did this announcement Dude, get you excited? This was another one of those moments like Metro at the beginning where like I would have shouted in the audience. You'd been like, who just shouted? Oh yeah, that was Jared. <laughs> I love Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, I'm a sucker for anything like that pulls at your emotional heartstrings. I'm a Pixar kid. I grew up with Toy Story and all of their movies that make you cry for no reason or for many reasons. Um, I think this looks great. I love how they're tying this in. There's a reason for it to be a sequel because, spoilers, for the first game, there's a conflict with owls and then the conflict's resolved at the end of the game. This game starts off with you seeing that an owl is in conflict hmm. uh, and you had to help them. So the first game is all about you Ori dealing with loss and then you kind of finding the happiness in that, right? You see that at the beginning of the game. You didn't play too much, but you saw at the beginning. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This game just extends on that. Um, this is great. I think this is cool that Xbox still believes in that team. Whether you play this game or not, whether you like this game or not, you can watch that trailer and look how beautiful it is. Anybody who says that video games that are not art, point them to this goddamn game. Because if there's never a better example of artistry in video games, it's this. The parallaxing backgrounds, the animations, everything about this game is beautiful. And I love the name. Ori and the Willow of the Wisps, I think, is a phenomenal name. Um, and I'm excited. No release date, but I can wait, dude. Yeah. I can wait. I mean, it, it, it looks amazing. Uh, and even from, like, the the moment it appeared on screen, I was like, is is that Ori? Is that, like, is that Ori too? Yeah. And I kept the asking piano, myself that dude. over and over again because, Ooh. like, it's so apparent because it's so, like, the game ha- is, is very distinct in just how beautiful the imagery yep. is. And just seeing like see, seeing that on screen, and me asking myself like, is is that Ori? I didn't I didn't like I wasn't confirmed in my head until I saw like, um, is Ori the name of the character? Like the the little tiny yes, character? the little okay. like lemur looking character. That's Ori. Yeah. So until I saw Ori, I wasn't like I wasn't sure. When I saw Ori, I was like, okay, okay, now I understand. Like th- these guys know what they're doing in terms of creating a a, a beautiful looking thing. Um, Leading with that frog itself. animation. That leading with that yeah. frog animation of it coming out of the swamp was beautiful, man. Like, yeah. oh god. I even had the thought of like, like, man, like, is this a game? Like, am I looking at looking at a game right now? Um, right. And like, could and if could I show this to somebody who like isn't familiar with games or doesn't like games or something like that? And, like, and could I show this to somebody? Would they be like, oh wow, that's like crazy? Uh, because that that's the that's the kind of thing that's the kind of reaction I had when I saw it. I was like, dude, this is like bonkers right now. The way the way the way this looks. Uh, it was a really great trailer. Uh, next up, they announced original Xbox Ooh, games baby. coming to backwards compatibility, which is my favorite announcement of probably E3 so far. Like, I I mean, I told you before this podcast, like, this room is hot because, like, during when they announced that, first of all, the way they announced it on point, like, shout out to yep. Phil Spencer. Like, I'm sh- I don't I'm I'm sure he wasn't the one who created the and the splash animation for for the original Xbox, but sh- whoever did, shout out to that person also. Like the the way they revealed it, the way they they were building it up because they had backwards compatibility on like the screen behind them, and I was like, okay, either they're just gonna talk about how great and how successful it's been, or they might announce some like some stuff. They might announce some things, and they announced some things like that that splash screen came in i jumped i started dancing i was like yo this is crazy this this is what i want because here's the thing i most of the games i play on xbox one are backwards compatible games uh because i never owned a 360 
I own a PS3, and I really like that generation of games. Like, I think so far I, I like that generation of games more than I like the current generation of games. Um, but that's mainly because there's more games since, like, I mean, that Obviously, generation yeah. is complete. <laughs> the generation so, is complete. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, um, I, I mean, the last in the last few weeks, I played Portal Two, or not Portal. Sorry, I played the original Portal, which I I played before. I played um, Skate Three, which I also played before. I played um, uh, Half Life Two. Uh, the fr- or not episode or anything. I played Half Life Two, which I didn't play before, so it was my first time playing Half Life. Um, I haven't beaten it, but like I played quite a bit of it. Uh, Bioshock I played earlier this year. I spent last year playing Banjo Kazooie, uh, Jet Force Gemini. Uh, I've, I've been playing a bunch of old games on my Xbox, and most of the games I played and beaten on my Xbox One have been old games because like it's a really it's a really awesome thing. Like nostalgia is powerful. And the ability to go back and play games that either I haven't or I loved in the past, like, it's such a great opportunity because I'm not going to go buy an S64. I'm not going to go buy a PS3. I'm not going to do that. Um, and I have such fondness for these things that, like, I'm one of those people, like, you hear people, like, talking about Xbox or backwards compatibility and the assumption is, like, people talk about it and people never use it. I'm one of those people that talk about it and I use it all the time because I... I would I prefer playing older games than playing like newer games. Nothing against the games that come out now because now is like the best time to be playing video games. But uh, it's, the older games is just where it's at, man. And like for original Xbox games to be to now become available, like does that mean that like I'll be able to play Star Wars Battlefront Two, like the original Star Wars Battlefront Two? Probably not because licensing. But does that also mean I'll be able to play like? Uh, actually, they did they announced Crimson Skies, so I'll be I'll be able to to, to play Crimson Skies. Um, what was that game with the person with the vacuum in the time in the uh, controlling time? I don't know the name of it, but I remember that game from back in the day. I'll be able to play that. I'm really excited for it. I'm I'm gonna stop rambling now. Um, but do you have any thoughts on backwards compatibility? Uh, so yeah, when the first the image came first came up, you're like, so they're either announcing a bunch of new games or there's another announcement. Yeah. Also, uh, really quick tangent. Odd that they didn't mention Game Pass, because I think Xbox Game Pass is going to be huge for them, too. They could have easily made a part in the conference talking about that, but I think hmm. they, they they really wanted to focus on the games, which they did. Um, I didn't actually own an original Xbox. Uh, I, I came over with the 360, so I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia there, but I know a lot of people who do. And... You know, maybe I won't take advantage of this announcement necessarily because I don't, I didn't, I don't have that nostalgia for a lot of original Xbox games. But I'm still excited the announcement happened, right? Um, mm-hmm. This is like, if Xbox can continue this train of producing games that people want to play on their console, that's the one part that they don't have that that Sony has. I think they, I've said this multiple times. I think they kill Sony on everything that's not software. Uh, they have better download times as far as games go. Uh, they have the backwards compatibility. They have the game pass. Now uh, you can change your gamer tag. Um, I just think that Xbox does a lot of things right outside of having the software and Phil has made it a point to make sure they start bringing that software. And I think uh, he's made it a point also that they don't want to announce games way before mm-hmm. they're done. So I think that's why we didn't see any games that are like 2019 or late 2018. I think the latest Xbox exclusive game we saw that was dated was spring 2018. Mm-hmm. So I think next year we're actually going to see some IP that come out next year, or the following early next year that we don't even know about. So I think if they can hit software, they're doing everything else so good, man. And I don't think that gets enough credit because they're yeah, nailing it. I agree. Like 
that's I mean that's what I've been saying up to now is the fact that like I think PlayStation has way better exclusives like at least they PlayStation exclusives appeal to me way better like I'm not the biggest or I'm not, I'm not even a Halo fan or like Gears fan I like Forza Horizon three but that none of those games like appeal to me as much as like a Near Automata does or a uh, Persona five does or even like Neo or like uh, Yakuza or uh, uh, what was the other game oh Horizon Zero Dawn like but xbox as far as services like xbox destroys it like they know what they're doing with with something like um the xbox what was the the africa was called but you're able to customize your controllers and do do like the mix and match colors thing design lab something like that stuff like the the i mean the xbox elite controller is way better than the playstation elite controllers that they have uh the games pass backwards like all the stuff that xbox is doing as far as curating to like how you play on their console and the ways you can play on their console, like the, they're doing a really good job uh, with that. Um, except for Mixer, because I have no idea what Mixer is, and they keep pimping it, and they don't explain it to me. I don't. That that was one thing uh, I found weird. Well, it was about called Beam. Yeah. Well, it was Beam. Beam. So like it was their it's it's it Beam. Yeah, their Twitch service. They've talked about have it they? before. It's just Twitch with a different name. Oh. Yeah. Beam is just so it was mm-hmm. Beam. It's just Twitch. It's their own service. It was created by a kid, and then Microsoft bought it from the kid. Uh, the the benefits it has over Twitch is zero latency. So you know how on like Twitch, you can type something in chat and then you have to wait like fifteen to thirty five seconds for them to reply to what you said. Mm-hmm. Beam, uh, what they touted was zero latency. So the moment I type, you as a streamer can see what I typed. Um, they had to change the name to Mixer because they couldn't lock down trademarking overseas and everywhere. Um, I don't think Mixer is necessarily a great name, but they they wanted to take off, right? They obviously want their own streaming service to take off. Um, I don't think they, they I think they touched on it a shade too much. I don't think it was like overblown of them constantly putting it in your face, but I do think it was a little more than they should have. But yeah, mixers mixers been around. Hmm. It was beam, but yeah. Awesome. Uh the last thing well, I mean they announced the price for Xbox One X, we've already talked about that. But the last thing they announced is Anthem. Uh or they didn't announce it, but they revealed the gameplay of it. Now I'm not a Bioware person, and so I don't really have much to say about it. It looks really cool. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be in the same, in a similar vein as like Destiny or like other co-op kind of loot uh, uh, sci-fi experiences. Uh, but do you have much to say about Anthem? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I have quite a bit. So this is Bioware Edmonton. This is the team that made the Mass Effect trilogy. So I've talked about Mass Effect Two is my favorite video game of all time. Casey Hudson led those games. Casey Hudson isn't leading those games because he's at Bioware Austin now, I believe. Um, but this is Bioware Edmonton. This is the team that showcases and creates some of my favorite games of all time. So immediately when I knew they were working on a new IP, I was in. Um, Anthem looks interesting. And I hate to be, throw this much shade to Activision. But seeing the gameplay in this, this is what I expected Destiny to be. And wasn't was promised and wasn't delivered. This game looks way denser than Destiny, um, different aesthetic, but I, it just looks, I hate to say higher quality, because like Destiny is a very high quality game. Obviously, Bungie makes very high quality games, but from a narrative perspective, I think this is going to be way higher quality. The biggest thing problem with Destiny is that there wasn't a lot of content there in terms of narrative. The characters, there was more character in the teaser trailer for Destiny 2 than the entire game of Destiny. And then people are like, well, there was tons of stuff that they added in the expansions. That's not that's not what I should be mm-hmm. told. I bought Destiny. I shouldn't have to buy the expansion uh, expansions to get the full game. That's not how it works. Um, 
So I have my I have tons of opinions on Destiny, um, but as far as Anthem goes, I think this is it's way more dense. Um, there's some aspects of like monster hunting, which is super awesome. Like if you tell me that I can hop in this exosuit with some friends and go kill these giant creatures, that's awesome. A lot of the mechanics they showed off were cool. The jetpacking, going underwater. This game, like I said, this game looked dense. When they take off underwater, you're like, oh, are they just going to be like submerged and there's not going to be anything? There's like an entire area underwater. Um, they've been working on this game for like five plus years with that plus A Supreme EA budget. You saw that on hand. This game looks gorgeous. Um, a shame we're not getting it till probably late 2018, but... I'm really excited for this game. I think this game is going to deliver way more uh, than Destiny tried to. I think this is directly competing with Destiny, and I think it's going to blow Destiny out yeah. of the water. I, I mean, 100%. I'm really excited for this game, just in the fact of how cool it looks. Uh, like, these games usually aren't my type of game, but I think as time goes on and as these start to gain more popularity, I've been more open to trying them out. Like, Destiny, I never really played. Like, I played a little bit, but I, I didn't like it. Um, and I just assumed it's just because like it's not my genre. This game though looks r- uh, really cool. And like there was the part, there was the part where like I I think it, he jumped off like a cliff or something and started flying. And I was like, oh, huh, th- th- this looks this looks <laughs> sick. You're like that, that just happened. happened. I'm like I was like yeah. It was like is this guy flying right now? Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, this game looks uh sick from even like a pure production standpoint. Uh, the the style of it looks sick. Like the the suits the tech suits whatever they're called like the, they're not really well there's one person in mech suit but like i guess they're they're all kind of mech suits but not as like they're mini titan mini suits all, they're mini mini titan yeah. suits <laughs> uh but the suits look sick like the whole the style around the game just looks sick and the name of the game is my, my favorite part of it like anthem is such a good name for a game and i know i'm not really talking about anything that has to do with the game itself but like anthem as soon as i heard that name i was like yo you bought you got me like that's like I, I wish i would have called okbeastanthem.com because like that it's sick um but no i'm really excited for that i'm really excited to see what happens with that one um if you go back and watch this trailer like in 1080p or if you happen to have a 4k monitor mm-hmm. in 4k just pay attention to that game this game will be the highest looking production like in terms of how much money they put into it It'll be the best looking game out of anything you'll see at E3. I'm telling you, if you just go back and pay attention, EA put a lot of money into this. They gave their number one team a lot of time. Go and look at the amount of detail in that game. It is ludicrous. Mm. It is absolutely insane. It's like watching Moonlight, and like Moonlight's a good movie, but it's not like high production value, and then going and watching like a Michael Bay movie. I'm not obviously for as far as content because Michael Bay movies don't have great stories, but like the money put into those is yeah. insane. And I think if you just go back and watch that trailer for Anthem, you'll see that like, yeah, they want this to be a thing, yeah. dude. Like, yeah, it, lo- it yeah. looks bonkers. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for joining me. Um, really appreciate no it. Uh, once again, can you pl- uh, plug your stuff, controlled interests, all that good stuff? Uh, yes, you can find me individually at Twitter at Jared underscore. It's a J-E-R-R-A-D underscore. Unfortunately, the guy who has Jared hasn't used his Twitter in like three years, so I have to stick with the underscore. Yeah, um, yeah. you can find me at Controlled Interest. It's a YouTube channel where we make a weekly podcast. We're doing a Look Back At, which is essentially 20 to 30 minute conversations about games uh, from five years and beyond. There's going to be um, one coming out soon for uh, Dark Souls, Kingdom Hearts, uh 
Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, and we have a ton more planned. A ton of other content coming. Uh, we don't have a custom URL yet. We're like at 98 subs, so we're like super close. If you just go to YouTube and type in controlled interest, you'll find it there. Our group Twitter is at CTRLINT, controlled interest abbreviated. Uh, yeah, and you'll probably end up finding me or Blessing on each other's podcasts in the future because collaboration is the best way to grow. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to talk to Ian again. I've been <laughs> on three times and I've never one day. to Ian. Because uh, the, yeah, one day, hopefully. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I love talking. <laughs> we were planning on going a lot shorter than yeah, this. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna apologize because like I, I told you an hour and it's been like an, it's been almost two hours and so like my apologies. <laughs> um, but yeah, like thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you were like the Xbox expert that I know of, and so like all all my friends are all like PlayStation nerds, and I was like, man, I need somebody who who I know like can talk about Xbox and feel confident confident about what they're saying about Xbox, and so. I really appreciate you for for coming on. Uh, remember, for those listening, uh, that the OKB's OK podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture centric show. This is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you like the show, subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit okbeast.com and follow at okbeast now on Twitter. Remember, this whole week we are going to be doing E3 coverage. That means podcasts. That means videos. That means articles. So stay tuned to okbeast.com for all that all that good content. Until next time, uh, we'll, I mean, next time we will be talking about Bethesda, Devolver. Um, depending on when we, when we record it, we might also be talking about uh, Ubisoft and PlayStation and PC. We'll see. Uh, but until then, we'll see you. Peace.